just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born Good old boys I'm Mark Bog Beef And I'm the Eternal Swede Malcolm Shayun, compact uh, staff, writer. You've got two new articles out. Uh, by the way, uh, they, they didn't they they just printed Yarvin in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got those little pictures in there, the black and white pictures, <laughs> yeah. oh. looking bad, looking badass. Yeah, yeah he did get his leather jacket picture in there. <laughs> I saw a Ponty. He's got his face turned. He like he's got it ruined. He's supposed to be. Everyone else is staring straight on, like the. Uh, like the Nina Power picture, it's like it looks really, you know, it's really powerful. Then Aponte's got his head, uh, you know, quarter turned. That's killing me. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I like, I think I, I wrote like two articles back to back, but I wrote the one on abortion very quickly, like in, in a couple of hours after the thing happened, because like nobody cares about Sweden really. So, like, this, <laughs> this new big thing, it's actually very, it, it's very big. I think mm-hmm. that everyone on this show agrees that like this Roe versus Wade thing and the leak itself and everything surrounding that like this is a, a sign that a storm is coming. Yeah, and and, and all, I mean uh, I don't know if this is probably lesser true to Sweden, but like uh, whatever that shooting was that made um, David Hogg famous, like uh, what were the political results of that shooting? Well, they banned guns in Norway. Norway treated it like. Like it happened in Norway. And, uh, you know, we, of course, that goes for a lot of uh, Western countries. America is kind of uh, just a bit like that. I mean, like, uh, so, you know, this issue, abortion, well, you know, obviously this is only the only place this has ever been uh, debated is America, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Well, like, no, uh, you know, abortion, abortion was illegal. And I looked this up uh, not too long ago. Uh, abortion was illegal in Denmark in like 1970. Yeah, th- that's the thing. Like, I was writing an article for a Swedish newspaper that I finished, well, a couple of hours ago, actually. But you really have to explain, like, the actual state of play with abortion laws in the U.S. Because everyone assumes that, like, okay, in Sweden you have free or elective abortion up to week 18. You can get uh, an abortion after that if there are, like, you know, health risks or if there are, like, others like special cases, but you have to write like an application after week 18. And everyone thinks like, oh my God, like the people in California, they're going to say like, oh shit, these crazy Swedes, abortion up to week 18? How do you even manage it? Like that's crazy. But then you show them the map and like on paper at least, every conservative state, except for these that have like started testing the waters even before this, this Roe versus Wade thing, like every conservative state has like, you know, 21 weeks or more. Uh, and then you have, you know, the liberal states where it's like, oh, you know, up until week 40. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, and, and if you say like, we should have abortion, like elective abortion, you don't have to give a reason. You just have to say, like, I want an abortion. We should have that until week 40. Like, there is no one in the Swedish left that would ever countenance such a thing. They would go, like, that's, like, that's insane. That's monstrous. Um, like, the left party in Sweden is going to um, advocate for week 40 elective abortion after they've finished making Margaret Thatcher's birthday a national holiday. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of things are like this. Um, like everyone knows America is a great place for guns, love guns. Um, but you know, you're better off, um, being a gun owner in like Italy or maybe probably even Sweden than someplace like, uh, California or, uh, I mean, absolutely like uh, New York city or something. I mean, you just, yeah. yeah. I don't know how noticeable this was for people outside of Virginia, but Back in 2019, they tried to pass this bill called the Repeal Act. It became pretty famous here because they did the deliberations live on TV. And the bill, they were they were asking the lady who uh, offered the bill, like, you know, so how, how long, how, like, how late could you get an abortion if it was this bill passed? She's like, oh, up until the uh, up until the 40th week. And the guy goes, but that's when you're, that's when the baby's born, right? Like basically, but, uh, until it crosses the plane of the goal, you can vacuum it out with the Hoover. The bill got beat, uh, got knocked down by like a five to three vote, right? It was, it was close. Two, like two people could have changed their minds, and yeah, it, yeah, exactly. That's like, yeah, that'd be, uh, yeah, talk about trad. That would be like, um, what's the, uh, what's the guys in three hundred? Spartans. <laughs> Spartans. Yeah, that would be like, uh, yeah, really, Trav. That's like Spartan baby law. Yeah, know? I mean, in Sparta, you just kill them after they're born, if they look weak. So, I mean, sure. Although, um, you know that that one that they had in uh, Sparta, whatever, they you just like turn them loose. You know, they get raised by just random, uh, you know, possums or something. Some people in America might be better off with that plan, by the way. <laughs> but but let's give some let's go let's let's go back let's go back to let's give some background. By the way, you know, some people might be listening a year from now or whatever. So, you know, this is May 2022. Uh we've just had this this weird situation. So there there hasn't been a anything's happened officially. What's unofficially happened is there was a leak of from the Supreme Court, which is unprecedented of itself, but a leak at uh, from the Supreme Court decision that said basically going to overturn Roe v. Wade, which sort of uh, legalizes abortion uh, nationwide, and that's where we're at right now. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, what I've kind of realized is that sure, it's true that, and, and this is a sort of statistics that's bandied about a lot. It's kind of true that um, people on the right have a bigger understanding of like the, the sort of inner world, like the political thinking of people on the left than vice versa, because people on the left, they just don't give a fuck, to be completely honest. But over this abortion thing, you really see the limits of that, because um, and, and we'll get into sort of the big sort of political, um, you know, the, the stakes and the, the um, probable consequences of this in a bit. But first, I think it's useful to really sort of clarify why abortion is important to, like, progressives. And if you listen to people on, like, you know, especially the dissident right... Um, they will tell you that, well, this is just hedonism or paganism or whatever. Like these people, they worship the devil or mammon or whatever. And so um, you have this, I think, very telling tweet. Like if I was Slavo Zizek, I would be just touching my nose like at, you know, 10,000 times per, per minute or something <laughs> at this point. So he's got this picture of like, protests outside of the um, Supreme Court. There's a woman with a pro-choice t-shirt holding a, a coat hanger into the air. And like this is the analysis. Quote, 20-something women protesting with hangers, telling us to literally rip out their insides and die of sepsis instead of telling West Elm Caleb he can't come inside them. 
And for, for listeners who <laughs> aren't in the known, West um, Caleb was this guy who sort of, you know, he, he had a lot of success on, on Tinder or whatever in New York. So, like, he, he was dating people and, you know, having sex with them and then, like, dating another girl, like, the next day or whatever. That it was a funny story because he was like six three and he had a job like a like one of these dream jobs for for women like a, he was an architect or something like that. It was it was it was even better like it was like an architect but kind of artistic. So it was like yeah, he could just get any lady he wanted on Tinder. He was just blowing through the New York art ho community at an insane rate. Not that he got articles written about him. Yeah, yeah, but in, in this I remember I remember like proto versions of this take and this take is one of these things that comes out of the dialectic because there is like there's a lot of nasty feelings about this and I remember America remember we saw something like this that there was some kind of left person they they couldn't have been serious but they were basically saying that they just used abortion as birth control because you know they didn't want to take the pill and it just felt better to not not wear condoms. Do you remember this Mary? Are you making a generalized statement about that, or no? I'm just saying, like, I remember us discussing this like a year or two ago. We just, and it was, and you know, there's no way, you know, there's no way this person was. I'm, I've never had one. I'm assuming abortion is a pretty invasive procedure, you know. Here's the thing: like, when you see somebody like that, you're going to think, well, they're trolling, right? But they might not be trolling. But one of the reasons, like, you have to, you have to think about why abortion is important is that some of these people. And they ha- and they they clearly do have emotional problems. Like they want to get pregnant when they have sex, and I, that sounds insane because like you, you say like, well, no, they don't. They hate that. They hate the idea of having kids. Yeah, they do. But like, uh, there's some part of them that wants it to happen without getting like purient about it. It it, it feels good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I would say look, yeah. Look, this, this is not generalized. To- yeah, yeah. Look, look. Like, sure. There are a lot of like selfish selfish reasons for like abortion. You know. Humans are fallible. Um, you, if you look at the Christian church, there are a lot of people who join the church in order to, you know, sodomize kids. But if you try to sum up, like, what is the Christian faith about? You would probably not say, well, you know, it's just an excuse to sodomize kids. Like, if you tried to go into battle against, you know, the crusaders or whatever and just say, well, you know, these people, they are rac- rational human beings who act out of a desire... Like, you, you are probably not going to have a good time against the First Crusade. Because the people there are going to illustrate to you by cutting your head off uh, that actually Christianity is a fairly, like, powerful creed, which takes a lot of human beings who are, sure, fallible. There are a lot of Christians who are greedy, some who, you know, like to lie and steal and so on. But you can't actually summarize Christianity, the creed itself, as any one particular sort of human failing. Because, like, you will find those things regardless of whether people are Christian or not. Like, they're not unique to the, to this faith. Um, yeah, like uh, like Islam, you know, in Afghanistan, it had Bachabazi. But also, the guys that killed the Bachabazi guys uh, were also more Muslim than them. Yeah, uh, and, and so what I sort of want to explain here is like, okay, what does this coat hanger mean in this in this proverbial picture? Like, it's not about so, sort of like, I should be able to fuck West Elm Caleb because I'm attracted to him, but I also shouldn't suffer any consequences. Like, sure, there are probably people who've, whose only relationship to abortion is basically convenience. But like, people don't make sacred things out of convenience. Like, you know, 
microwave ovens are convenient. Like, there's not a lot of martyrs around who have died for microwave ovens because, like, they don't matter. Convenient things in and of themselves are not, like, necessarily something that you sacralize. And in order to realize why abortion is sacred and why, like, this social conflict is not going away, like, you to understand, like, what role this plays inside of the minds of progressives, you have to think about Christianity and Christian conflicts with pagans. And, like, you know, uh, to, to brutally simplify things, we can, like, when we talk about paganism, we can talk about two different things. Like, if this was a lecture or something in, in university, we would not, we would be talking about more things. But for the sake of simplicity, we have, like, two concepts here. Uh, animism and polytheism. And in animism, uh, the sort of worldview you will generally find, maybe with one or two exceptions, is that like the entire world we live in is you know suffused with like spirits and sort of spiritual energy. So like we humans, we have souls, sure, but also like that big mountain over there probably has a much bigger soul than you or me. And, you know, that river might have a soul. Maybe the sky has a soul or a spirit. Maybe the trees do. Like, animals definitely do. Because at the end of the day, we humans, we are just, like, one small part of a big, like, cosmic order that doesn't have to make sense, doesn't necessarily care about humans at all. And, like, yeah, you and me, we have our tiny little souls because... Like, we are born, and then we live until we're 40, and then someone else crushes our skull with a rock, and then we're gone. But Mount Everest has a huge soul because it's been around for, like, a billion years or whatever, and it's going to be around for a couple billion more. So we're just kind of at the mercy of, you know, the sky and, and yeah, uh, these Yeah, yeah. Like, we are basically guests in creation. Creation doesn't care about us. And, like, you know, like, we should be content with that. It's 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 not a problem to, like be a human being and having a human soul or spirit or whatever. It's just that, like, you know, most things are probably more important than us. And there's nothing unique about us. Uh, and then when you think about, like, polytheism, um, usually you kind of have the same basic worldview in a way. Because, like, gods in polytheism are usually, like, if you think about sort of the, the Greek pantheon, like, you know, Zeus, he's just a coomer. Like, at the end of the day, Zeus is powerful, but he's like if, you know, a human coomer could throw lightning bolts. Like, he is a slave to his own passions. And, like, you know, the gods, they don't necessarily sit around figuring out, like, what is the truth? What is the ultimate plan? Like, they are as much um, sort of servants or, like, they, they can't escape their own very human fallacies, usually. At some level, like the universe is basically like they are in the same way that humans are just thrust into the universe. Like I didn't ask for this. Like I don't know what the rules are, what the point is. Like I'm just here. I'm I have my weaknesses and so on. Gods in polytheism tend to act the same way. And so you you end up with gods basically being just really powerful and usually petty and like, you know, flawed people. Like normal people who can throw lightning bolts, but there's usually not some sort of huge, sim like divine order that that like makes sense and places humans at the center stage. You know, Christianity hates both of these things. Like 
is Christians are radically intolerant to polytheism and to animism and like everything else because like the, the sort of big innovation of Christianity once upon a time and Zoroastrianism before that, we, but we can put the Persians aside, is that like the Christian creed says like screw all that, you know, nature-worshipping, tree-hugging, mountain-respecting bullshit. Like, no, Mount Everest does not have a soul because Mount Everest is just a pile of rocks. Rocks do not matter, no matter how impressive they are. What matters is human beings. Human beings, in like, they, we are at the center of creation because human beings are created in the image of the Lord. Like, build... Fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the air and over everything that moves over the earth. That yeah. would be like, when, as you were saying, that that uh, that pagan interpretation of nature, I mean, that would be like, that's just the exact 90 degree, I mean, that's the exact 180 degree opposite of that. Yeah. So like, you know, the pagan response to the Christians would be like, you guys, you're crazy. Like, look. Why would anyone think that, like, we are at the center stage? Like, you know, um, there's probably some sort of rules governing the universe, but, like, those rules aren't made for us. Like, there are rules for mountains, there are rules for rivers, there are rules for birds, and, and no one is more important than anyone else. And, like, the, the key to happiness is just accepting, like, your place in the cosmic order. You don't have to understand it. You're never going to understand it, but that's fine. Like, we are just guests. In, in creation. And there's nothing problematic with being just a guest. Like that is the pagan logic, but the Christian logic is to refute everyone who says something like that and says, well, you know, I talked to my nature spirit. And he said that like, you know, we can't cut down the trees because that makes the nature spirits mad. Well, may, nature spirits do not matter. Like they are inherently blasphemous and heretical, even if they exist, which they, don't um, what what like you cannot place humans anywhere else than at the center stage of like the universe because humans are like for all our flaws like we have been chosen in a covenant with God and you well, know it's a good quick comparison uh, my favorite Bible ver my favorite Bible story growing up was always Samson I mean for obvious reasons. And, um, you know, at the, the crescendo, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> the crescendo of the story, he says, God, give me, basically give me superhuman strength uh, so I can have revenge just this once, just once, just give me this superpowers so I can like, uh, you know, F these guys up. And, you know, then flipped over to, you know, my, my favorite sort of, I guess, secular stories, which would be Caesar. Caesar would never like, like try to like barter with like fortune. You know, he's, he just says, like, I think Fortune likes me, but I'm not really sure. And it, it wouldn't be a thing where he would, like, hey, Fortune, please give me the strength to win this battle. That would just never happen. Fortune doesn't care about Caesar. The middle ground would be the John, uh, John Milius, Conan, Crumb, just give me the strength to, to have this brutal fight so you can watch it and be amused for, like, 15 seconds. And if you yeah. don't, then, then fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and the thing about, and, and this is why I bring this up, like animism and polytheism, so you can understand why Christians hate them. Because, like, it's inherently blasphemous to just say that, like, a human soul is worth as much as a 
a pile of rocks. Like, no, you can't say that. And you can't say that, like, okay, well, yeah, Jesus is probably real. Like, he's powerful. Like, and Odin is real, too. And maybe they are friends. And, like, you know, we can just shop around for different sort of gods or whatever. Like, no, you can't say that either. And it's not necessarily just because, like, Jesus is the strongest. It's also because if you shop, shop around for, like, different gods or whatever, you are implicitly saying that now actually humans aren't particularly important. Um, but the thing here that what I find most fascinating, and, and this, this tweet that we talked about sort of illustrates that, like every person on the right in the US, like every Christi Christian conservative, they imagine that like in the heads of progressives, uh, they're basically like the pagans seeing, you know, Christians, like the, the role of the father or whatever, coming into Peter Pan hippie land. Like the Christian conservative is this like fuddy-duddy who comes in and says, no, there are rules. Like you can't fuck whatever you want. Like you, you have to realize that like you have to be an adult. You have to take responsibility. Like the cold patriarchal uh, rule lawgiver. And that's like, that's so deluded. It's so incredibly like, funny if it wasn't going to lead to a lot of like political chaos because in the mind of any progressive and like the more sort of um zealous they are the more this is true when a progressive looks at the christian conservative the progressive is the christian looking at a pagan because when you'd say that well we shouldn't have abortion because like god made humans this way and we shouldn't sort of uh, um we shouldn't have the hubris to think that we can just like remove this clump of cells or whatever. And God told me this is wrong and sinful. Like this automatically translates like through some sort of babel fish in a way. Like in, in when a progressive hears that, what they hear is like, okay, I'm the new kind of pagan. I don't have a tree spirit and a river spirit and a, um, mountain spirit that I listen to. I only have one spirit who lives in the sky and he told me that actually like human beings they should accept like being like part of some bigger cosmic order that we don't understand and like being a guest in creation that's fine. Uh, this is inherently blasphemous because again sure you've switched out like listening to the spirits of the forest and 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 like the mountains or whatever, to listening to one spirit. But essentially, what is so um, offensive to a progressive is that like, by doing so, by listening to this quote-unquote superstition, you are basically saying that um, there are rules and there are sort of um, ways that humans can and cannot act that are set by anyone else than humans. Essentially, you are basically saying that, well, okay, of course humans are important, but uh, this particular sky spirit that I call the Lord, he's most important. So humans are the second most important. Like, you really have to understand that um, in a sort of uh, Star Trek utopia, so you have this post-scarcity, like there's no sickness, there's no um, 
poverty, there's no wars, there's nothing like that. Like humans have solved all of their problems through the application of reason or whatever. Uh, nobody's going to have an abortion in the Star Trek utopia. Because like, you know, the, the, it's just like nobody is homeless in the Star Trek utopia. Like all of these sort of social causes behind it have been rendered obsolete or whatever by replicators and shit. Um, but even in that world, abortion rights would be considered like completely sacred. They would probably hold parades or whatever to abortion rights half a millennium after the last abortion was made, like performed. Why? It's because for the same reason that we have like, you know, flint knives or whatever in museums and then we go and look at them and, and we are filled with this sense of awe. Like we look at this like primitive flint knife and what do we see? We don't necessarily see like, okay, I, I want to smash this exhibit. I want to take this flint knife home with me because like who would want a steel knife? No, it's just you look at that primitive tool and then you say to yourself this was when we stopped being just animals so abortion in the minds of like progressives it's not necessarily something that like okay killing babies is great like we should do more of it no it's just like something that represents that is a stand-in for and an example of human mastery over like the spirits who want to tell us that we should just like, you know, shelter under the trees, we shouldn't cut them down, we should just accept being animals. Um, so like the logic behind it in the mind of a progressive is very similar to like the logic of a Christian when they meet a pagan. And why? Because like, you know, these people, they grow up in Christian societies, they are the biological literally the biological descendants of Christians. Like, they have just taken this ideology of, like, you know, it's blasphemous to say that humans are not the center of, like, morality, creation, and whatever. And then they've started looking at Christians saying, well, you still place humans in second place. This is unacceptable to me. So I, I, I think I'm following. So you're saying this is like a... Um so this practice is is sort of needed to like uh, I don't know set a almost like set a baseline for for like the the moral worldview. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like the 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 sort of zealous belief that these people have, the the, the almost religious or well, quite directly religious in a way belief that these people have is essentially like the same sort of Christian impulse. Uh, it's just that, like, at this point, like, Jesus Christ is basically offensive because he says that, well, you know, without God, you would be nothing. Oh, okay. So maybe, well, let me put it this way. So nobody here, nobody here is operating out of um, basically cold math. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe some people in, you know, of course, many people are, uh, maybe even the, the individual actors and stuff. But, like, at the at this level yeah. of, like, you know, policy, everyone is really – Give a small example. I mean, and I'm talking about everybody, even going back to our pagan friends here. So uh, a fellow we don't like very much, uh, singer, um, Neil uh, Neil Young, he has this song about Montezuma. And uh, there's a little verse where he says, <clears throat> he's talking about um, the, was Montezuma, he was either Aztecs or the, the Inca. It was Aztec. Aztec. 
As, oh yeah, he says the women and the women were all were all were beautiful, and the men stood straight and strong. They offered life and sacrifice so other so that others could go on. Which uh, you know, it's funny, uh, but like yeah, they they you know they you know in their mind what they would have said was their human sacrifice was also this was a moral religious thing. Yeah, I mean, like they like progressives would hate that too for for an obvious reason, which is just that like. At the end of the day, like it's not that sacrificing human beings is necessarily bad, which you know most people still think. It's just that, like, okay, so you're sacrificing people in, because, like, this big old spirit is going to let humans live for like another week or whatever. Like, no, this this is categorically like unacceptable. It's completely offensive. Um, so, like, a moral no, imposition in and of itself from. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, you, you go ahead, continue with your point. I want to. I want to hear. It. Yeah. Uh, so, so like, what's offensive to them is like uh, that there would be this sort of uh, moral imposition outside of, you know, from from like from uh, a god or what they would. No, this, this is the this is the key difference. Like, this is why there, there's a key difference between like the comparison. Like, well, we're you're the Christian, the Christians looking at the pagans. The the Christians of I don't know, like 200 or like 150 AD, whatever, in in Rome, they weren't like um, rebelling against Zeus. Right? I mean, do 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 we think that? Like, did they like? Well, I'm angry at Zeus. I'm going to I'm going to you know I'm anti-Zeus now, and and I'm angry at, at Daddy. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have to. There's a uh, sorry, after small story. Uh, they have. They, there's a funny story about, uh, so, you know, the Oracle at Delphi. So the Oracle at Delphi was like a, you know, this like God monument. I don't know. It's too, too much to explain right now, uh, that you could basically ask questions if you're like a ruler or something. Uh, by the way, I, I think that this, this was like a secret brain trust of like, uh, a lot of the smart guys at the time. I think Plutarch is one of them. That's just a conspiracy. Anyways, you know, as time went on, sort of Christianity would take over the empire and then it would bounce back, you know, once or twice, I guess. There was a point where there were still some kind of, um, I don't know if this is Julian the Apostate or whatever, but mm-hmm. some after Christianity had taken hold, someone had asked a question of the Oracle at Delphi. And, you know, you send a deputation with a letter there and there's like, you know, there's people living there in this little place, hidden place, this mystical place. And the letter they sent back, they sent a letter back to like, you know, I guess Julian Apostate, something like this, that said like, um, we haven't heard from Zeus in like 50 years. Like they, they, the Christians, they didn't have to tear it down. It's just all, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a there's, I mentioned this last week when we were talking on Oran, there's a, Gore Vidal wrote a book called Julian about Julian the Apostate, and it, 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 that ha- and in, in the in the book's treatment of the story, it's pretty funny. Uh, he re- he recounts this, and in the, the frame of the book is like someone na- who knew Julian narrating his life, and he goes, I, "I don't know exactly what happened here, but I'm assuming that somebody paid off those those seers to say that because, like, even if you even if you hadn't heard from Zeus in 50 years." If you if your job was being a seer, you would definitely tell the emperor. Oh yeah, by the way, Zeus just talked to me yesterday, and it was like this is your job, right? This is your entire livelihood. Like, that's it, that's amazing. That's in that book. Yeah, but I mean, this this is obviously Gore Vidal writing about this. It, that's his take on it. But he also throws in a, a line after that is like, but then again, if a man can't be the first of something, he's almost as happy to be the last of something. Have you guys played the game Thief? Like you, you know of that game series, right? I've heard of it. Never. I know. Never. Yeah, I, I think I've played it a little bit. That was that's OG stuff. 
Yeah, and and I think that like for those who have played it, like the antagonists in a way, but maybe not. Like the, the, there are two sort of religious sects in in Thief World, like two big sort of religious movements: the Hammerites and the Pagans. And like once you delve into like how they think, the Pagans, sure, they have like one god. Um, who is called the Trickster. And in the first game, like, turns out the Trickster is 100% real, and he basically wants to destroy all the cities and, and sort of um, make it Based. impossible to have um, artificial lightning. Why? Because, like, he likes for the world to be like the world is supposed to be. If it's night, it's supposed to be dark. You're not supposed to have candles or whatever so you um, can read. You're supposed to be, you know, huddling in a cave, being afraid of, like, a saber-toothed tiger or whatever eating you. That's how people are supposed to live. Like, if you want to find shelter from the rain, you find a cave. Like, this is how humans were created. And, you know, the pagans basically believe that themselves. Like, they, they oppose technology on this sort of ideological level where it's like human beings we are just another sort of like you know natural being we're supposed to live like every other natural being you don't necessarily see animals you know building buildings except for the ones that do but like we'll leave them aside like everyone else accepts their place we should too and then you have the hammerites who are these like insane fanatics and for the hammerites the hammer is basically just what the coat hanger is for that woman. The hammer is an incredibly charged religious symbol. Why? Because it's a tool of carpentry. Um, their, their god, the builder, was literally like seen as this guy who, who came to humans as they lived in fucking caves. Uh, when they wanted to seek shelter from the rain, and like you know, they had no illumination when it was dark, and like the only thing you could do during the night was you know get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. The builder came and said, "You don't have to ask a tree nicely to provide shelter from a rainstorm. You can cut that mother down and build a house. You don't have to see a river as something that you drown in." You can tame it, you can dam it, you can use it to ferry your boats. Like You can become a master of nature rather than the slave of nature. Right. Okay, so to them, it would be like, uh, let's say there was a pill that was invented that uh, made people live forever. And there were people that were like, well, you shouldn't do this. This is, um, this is immoral. Yeah, that's the sane people, yeah. And then, like, uh, but, you know, the other people are like, well, just take the pill, you know, just like, and then once they took it, they would, you know, and, and, you know, in their mind, like, like in the, let's, let's go to their world. So their world, there is no downside to this. And, like, the only thing that's holding you back is just sort of uh, pagan superstition. I mean, so, I mean, maybe, like, if you live forever, like, the, the conflict here is not necessarily between humans and nature. It could be between humans and humans as well. Like, but but if the thing is that like humans were not supposed to live outside of caves, because like you know, 
we're not snails. Like we, we, we weren't given houses as some sort of part of our biological being. Therefore, it's morally wrong to build a house. Like, no, the hammers, they will, they will just straight up kill you if you say something like that. Because to them, what is basically like glorious about humans is the fact that we escaped being animals. I, I don't like. Okay, I get what you're saying. To to, to you know, to the progressive person, they're they're the uh, you know the Christians of 100 AD looking at pagans. I, I don't think so. I think they're I think they're Julian. I think they're people who they they see this <laughs> this order that they grew up in, as you said. Like they were raised this way. It's not like the it's like a, a foreign idea to them. Like the, the, it was what they were born into. They're, reje- they're rejecting this idea of like human, either the sacredness of human life. Now that's a loaded term. They re- they reject the view of human beings as central to the universe. And, and the way you know this is a it doesn't you can do whatever you want to unborn people since until they cross the plane of the gold they don't matter. Uh, also, human beings themselves are blank slates. As soon as they're born, you can program them however you want. You can do whatever you want. You can change. You can mix and match your body like Mr. Potato Head. None of this stuff. Nothing matters. It, 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 the only thing that matters is in this exact moment how you feel about things, how things are working out for you. You're you as an individual are alone in this world, and then once you die, that once you die, you pop out of existence, and so none of this crap. Is important yeah, anyhow. Well, Just yeah, but that, that, yeah, but that's not how what they're thinking, though. I mean, so yeah, I by, mean, by the way, talking about nature. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, uh, Malcolm, uh, it is thirty six. It is thirty five and a half degrees here Celsius right now. That's bad times. But uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Merrick, it's it's ninety six in Texas already. Uh, yeah, it's okay. But it's fifty uh, degrees here. <laughs> that, but that's not what they're. But yeah, but that's not what they're thinking. And um, by the way, it's perfect that you're Swedish because, like, I I saw this today. Like, uh, one of these people that were that were going off about this, they were all their their time is all over Nordic mile, Nordic mile, and their mind. Like, what happens when you when you introduce this is basically you get like uh just this like this the best sort of. A progressive situation. The thing I always think of is like the like on a, a college campus or something, especially an expensive college campus. And like everything that was happening in 1970, you have like all the you know you have air conditioning, which was pretty nice here right now. You have um, all these things, but then also now you have the empowerment of women added with like no cost. And the only cost was that you just sort of had to bite your lip and say, well, these, these religious people are crazy. And once you ignore them and once people, they they stop like saying this, then like basically you just have like all the bounty that, that there's ever been. Plus now women are equal to men. Yeah. I mean, well, well, well hold on. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, they're not saying this. Like their leaders said this very, very openly. Like, well, yeah, maybe the average progressive blue-haired person today doesn't talk in these terms, but like Foucault did, right? Like yeah, the, the, the stuff that I, that I said would would do. You, do you think that that would like apply to the Foucault worldview? Well, I, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, you sounded pretty. Uh, the thing you were saying was like pretty. Like I don't know. It was like movie villain stuff. It was like you know nothing matters and all this kind of stuff. It they is. Like, it is inherent. Well, 
I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah but it's, like, it's fucking nihilistic. I but mean, in, okay, but in their their mind, that's not like that. They're they're not they're like people in like you ever see like an Apple commercial? Okay. Well, so like you know, if you're trying to get in their mindset, I mean, they, they, I don't think that they think of themselves as like you know ravening wolves that live without. I'm I'm not saying that they're ravening wolves either. I'm just saying like the 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 like they're have been overusing this word lately, but I'm going to be anyway. It's it's funny actually. The word is cosmology, but it's funny if you look up cosmology now like you get the scientific definition right like this refers to the scientific theories about the existence of the universe which is kind of funny and that would be like if uh, if you looked up religion in the dictionary and it was just like a picture of jesus right anyway my point how is that not true you're you you are a biological creature that lives for 80 years you're you are free to choose to do whatever you wish to yourself to to your property, to uh, your unborn, your unborn children, because there is no higher authority other than than you, than your you yourself, your own happiness. How is that what I said not true? I mean, look, Marek, if you read like um, you know the House of Government, and Sleskin makes this point pretty explicitly, but he's not the first one to make it. Like it's it's been a fairly sort of regularly made point since the early 19th or 20th century. Like, these Leninists, like the Bolsheviks, the socialists in general, sure, uh, on the surface, yes, like, they reject gods, they reject everything metaphysical, but in practice, these people are basically like Christian zealots living in the catacombs waiting for the real day. Like, they don't sit around drinking drugs or whatever like one one particular sort of um an interesting exchange that Sleskin sort of recounts because this is like in the memoirs of one of these sort of old Bolsheviks um or maybe in a sort of novel of like officially endorsed Bolshevik literature like I think it's actually from a novel but but in that like you have the sort of socialist fighter, this young comrade or whatever, and he's discussing things with an orthodox priest. And the, like the exchange is quite revealing because the orthodox priest, he's like this really sort of mountain of a guy. He, he you know, has a bunch of ducks and is a real sort of pillar of the community, takes care of everyone who's sick and so on. And, and the priest is just saying, like, dude, you don't have to worry. Like, you know, God has figured everything out. Um, like, trying to struggle against, against the universe is just going to sort of make you miserable. Like, you should be satisfied with the small pleasures in life. Like, because that's, like, at the end of the day, things, w- things will just work out. And, like, the, the socialist is basically saying, you know, I... I I, res- I see where you're coming from, and I wish that could be true, but it's actually like the job of the faithful is to go out in the world. It's not to sit back and wait for, you know, the real day. We have to go out in the world and spread the good word, like the good news. Like only by the faithful building, like the, the, the New Jerusalem or whatever, will we ever like get to justice? So the conflict here is not necessarily between like a guy saying, "No, you have to grow up and you know realize that there are fucking rules and you can't just be a sort of Peter Pan, you know, living, taking care of goats." 
<laughs> and that's the nihilist socialist. No, the nihilist socialist who says, oh, I don't believe in God, but also, like, I see where you're coming from. I, I just think that you are the one sitting back. You don't become a zealot. You don't become a martyr for nihilism. Agreed. Uh, so, you know, before this, we listened to, uh, I sent it to Merrick. I, I don't know if you listened to um, things where we listened to, uh, like, one of the leading leftist programs talking about this law. And they, I mean, they were, the guy was in leading leftist podcast, and like uh, it's like a the guy was in tears, and he was talking about he said um, he said that the purpose of of uh, abortion regulation is to I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to repeat I don't know how to say what he said, but he was like to like rape women, and he was like crying, and he was talking about the suffering of these women that they're going to be raped because of this law. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a call to, to nihilism. You guys don't get it. You don't understand it. When I'm not, I'm not saying like they're fucking. They've been reading too much Nietzsche and they're and they become nihilists. No, that's not what they've done. They're Zeus. Like they, they still have a god in their world. It's just it's you. It's you are your own personal god. You you are you are the center of your own pseudo animist universe. You 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 do suffer from all the struggles of, of a man of a man just like Zeus did. You have all the passions and all that stuff. Ultimately, you are God in this in this belief system. The only thing that matters is how you think or you feel about something. And now you have to, you have to deal with the, the other people in the pantheon, right? You you have your sisters and your brothers, and you have to get along with them, and blah blah blah. But ultimately, you are your own God, and that's what they. Are. It's not it's not a matter of like oh are they they do they believe in this or they not believe this like are they how can you be a martyr for a nihilistic cause? No, you, you you become you become your own actor in this grand grand universal struggle. Like and like I guess that that is the sense where you could compare them for using the pagan and Christian analogy where it's like, well, actually I'm extremely important in, in the, to the future of the universe because I am the universe. And by the way, it all disappears when I die. Like that's, if you, if you don't understand that about them, you can never understand, you can never understand how they act. Like why would someone go to the mat over whether or not you can abort, uh, abort a baby at 12 weeks or 40 weeks? Why would someone do that? Well, if you don't have control, complete control over life and death, you're not really a god anymore, are you? Barak, I, I hear what you're saying, but here's the problem. Like, for this, for these people, for me, they're not necessarily them. Like, this is me. This is, you know, Comrade Marcus. Like, this is the people we hung around with and grew up with. Like, you know, as a kid, um, this is true for both me and Marcus, by the way. Like, we have... In Sweden, you have this when, when like, every sort of, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, uh, when the school year is over, like, before you go for summer break, um, especially if you live in rural places, like, you tend to have your school sort of, like, the, the celebrations in a church, almost always in a church. And, you know, if it's a rural area, like a fairly old one, and then you sing Christian songs about the summer, and, you know, so, so this is sort of the culture you are steeped in, uh, like, because, again, Sweden is, an, is a Christian nation, like um, a fairly sort of zealous Protestant nation once upon a time. You know, for someone like me, when I was like six and then through to like 15, 16, um, I always sort of approached that with a huge sense of awe about like sort of being part of a chain of time. You know, at no point 
did I ever, literally ever consider my sort of political radicalism or whatever as a rebellion from any of that. In fact, it was the only way that made sense to take like what that church, what those psalms actually meant and carry the work onward. Like the idea that sort of like all of these people are motivated by like, I have become God, like, you know, the Gnostics. Like that's, that doesn't track with basically anyone who, who I know. And, and, you know, it's like, there's a point, there's a reason why sort of uh, someone like Spengler, Oswald Spengler said that, you know, Bolshevism is the, like Christianity is the grandmother of Bolshevism. Because what Spengler saw was not necessarily people who say, like, I'm going to become Zeus, I'm going to become a pagan. It's just that, like, you had the same sort of cosmology with the serial numbers filed off. And, and you know, the same sort of way of thinking in a lot of ways. Um, so, like, no, I, I emphatically reject the idea that, like, no, that what we're dealing with here necessarily, what make Will cry or whatever is just holy crap, like, you know, my, my sort of pleasure palace or my pursuit of, of you know, nothing but my own um, pleasure has been rudely interrupted. It's not just a matter of pleasure. It's not this like, oh, with, like, that's the libertarian view. Like, well, if you do this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to reduce my autonomy by 15.3%, and that's going to reduce my enjoyment, so thus we, we can't do it. You know, like they have argument. Those people have arguments against age of consent and blah, blah, blah. You, we, 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 we've all made fun of libertarians enough. You know to deal with that. No, here's the issue. Anybody who can step in and take over the role of dad is encroaching on the, on the, on the autonomy of, of each individual god and that's not allowed you're not allowed to do that like you are you you are you are the sovereign of your of your own person you have control over everything yourself so anybody who encroaches on that is like committing is committing a war crime against you no no progressive has ever considered some you know christian in kentucky or whatever to be their dad yes Th- that is that is like that's not how like progressives look at christian conservatives at, as indians living on reservations like yes the, the idea that like these people are look at the look at the dad, dad's not somebody in kentucky dad is god how do you guys not get this look, look like at the, the, rebe- the rebellion's not against the preacher in kentucky it's not against the dad from footloose it's against god and this is not a story that you have to go back into pagan mythology. Like, I'm sorry, you can read you can read about this in uh, our our religious text. Like the the pride of someone who thinks he's become a co-equal with God, who can make the decisions and, and as like God. Like, well, doesn't that sound like a familiar story? Oh, okay, but like, okay. For, by the way, let's take a, a small detour here. You brought up Bolshevism uh, as a, as a child of Christianity. Well, we should pay respects to. Uh, the great comrade Stalin, who did, uh, in fact, abolish abortion. And um, I love how autistic uh, uh, Stalin's rule was. Uh, this was the name of the law, by the way, the outlawed abortion in the Soviet Union, <clears throat> which uh, abortion was already sort of coming around in the in the late the late so uh, late Russian uh, whatever you call it uh, empire kingdom. I don't know, but um, anyways, so uh, 1936. Central executive committees of the Soviet Union made abortion illegal. 
Uh, the official title of the law was, and this kind of tells you everything, Decree on the Pro- Prohibition of Abortions, the Improvement of Material Aid to Women in Childbirth, the Establishment of State Assistance to Parents of Large Families, and the Extension of the Network of Lying-In Homes, Nursery, Schools, and Kindergartens, the Tightening Up of Criminal Punishment for the Non-Payment of Alimony, and on Certain Modifications in Divorce Legislation. The law allowed abortion only in the case of a threat to women's health. All of this was part of the Soviet initiative to encourage population growth, as well as place a strong emphasis on the importance of the family unit commons. Why do I bring this up? Why do I bring this up? Well, first off, because it's, it's funny that uh, sort of Darth Vader of communism, which is like, uh, you know, is outlawed abortion. But also, like, like let's take a step back. Like, well, like well, what's like the basic point of all this stuff? Well, the basic point of all this stuff is women in the workforce. I mean, this is the reason why there's a drive for it. And when, when he's talking about dad, what he's talking about is like, so, you know, something that Fredo predicted on the show was that he said, like, as soon as this came about, he said, every major corporation is going to step forward and say that they will pay to uh, have all these women that work for these corporations, especially, you know, executives and stuff uh, flown to, you know, New York or California to have this done. I mean, this is like, this is like the, I mean, this is, that's what like the, the reason there's a drive, for all this the reason why there's so much um, is, is this, I mean, it, it, this is a women in the workforce. I mean, it's not, that's not the reason why people say they support it or say that, I mean, or say that they, it's not really the reason why people motivate people to stay outside of abortion clinics or to, you know, they, have you ever seen these people, they volunteer to be the abortion protectors or whatever. And all these yeah. people, but the people that run societies use this. I mean, it is a women in the workforce thing. Yeah. I mean, partly like there is, Sure, there's there's that interest, but like there is a lot of uh, much more sort of. I mean, th- that's kind of like saying that. Well, you know, every conservative that's that's um, in the U.S. that's against abortion is just against abortion because they know that, like, given current economic conditions and like the lack of social provision, it's just going to mean poverty and suffering for the mother. Like, yeah, there, there are some chamber of commerce types. But then there are also a lot of conservatives who say that, like, no, like, the fact that we as a society don't take care of women who have kids, like, that's a problem. So, like, it's sure there are people on the left who really, like, progressives, who really think that, well, you know, we should, like, being a mother is bad. But, again, that's not necessarily even the majority in a country like Sweden, for example. Th- this rebellion about against that stuff, I don't think you're necessarily viewing yourself as being in a rebellion against a law, right, Marek? Like, you don't just a false idol, right? Uh, and, and the same way, like, these people, like progressives, they don't see themselves as being in a rebellion against the Lord God. Because, like, why would you be in a rebellion against something that that's just, like, another sky spirit or whatever the the christian god does not represent authority it just represents superstition well this this is a no i would say a tricky situation but it's not really okay obviously and and very overtly they reject the concept of, of god's law they don't they don't believe in god so they don't believe in god's law i'll, I'll say it nicely understandable I, I i get why i do that however they also reject natural law which quasi-religious but you know i think that if you if you hit up somebody from 
the 18th century, you know, when our country was, when our country was founded, even, even some of the men who were not exactly extremely uh, religious would have understood like there, there is such a thing as natural law, right? Like this is just, this is, this is a very Occidental idea. It's kind of hard to envision what Western civilization means if you don't have some conception of natural law. You guys with me on that? Well, just, just, uh, you know, pretend like I'm five, just give like a, a little bit of explanation. There are a lot of different definitions of it, but I would say basically the laws of nature mixed in with human reason and logic. And, and just, I, I'm, somebody's going to blow me up for this because like there are 50 different definitions of natural law. Okay, the, the English Constitution, here's a, a, very, a very shitty but accessible example. The English Constitution, the idea is that you have the rights of an Englishman, right? You have these certain rights because you're, you're a rational man. You're thinking, you're thinking being, you have your own agency, right? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you, do you, you mean like, so if, if I'm, you know, if I'm in America and I read in, the, or Americans read in the news that like, Someone in Czechoslovakia, like in Czechoslovakia or Spain or something, like um, a prisoner was beaten to death with sticks on TV, or there was like, uh, you know, uh, in politics, someone like seized the opponent's property and like uh, killed them just mercilessly. You mean like something like that? That we would be like, wait a minute, we, we don't, we don't do that. I, I mean, I mean, I'm an idiot. Read Cicero. Read, read. Uh... Aristotle, whatever, like people who people have written volumes on this subject, like just like how I don't know how I'm supposed to like explain the concept of natural law. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, we don't have to. We just this is just. I I can't, I can't do it. I'm not eloquent enough to do. Like just like fucking read Cicero, read Aristotle. Like they have part of the a big part of the Enlightenment was a billion different people writing a a billion different hot takes about what is natural law, what is reason, what is mankind, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. That's a, that's not the same thing as God's law. Like these things, these things are separate. In fact, you can operate off of this in what we would have like in the past, perhaps naively, just like being secular, right? That you're just this is a I'm just a secular guy. I just follow the, the the stuff that I can see in these these guidelines, and I'll be fine. Like, but the thing is, like the these people that we're talking about, the progressive, whatever, they have their own rule book. Natural law in the context of the ancient world, like that's still, you know, okay, sorry, I'm the head of the family. I have power of life and death over my kids because, like, that's just how things are. Oh, shit, uh, your city lost a war. Guess you're all getting killed because that's just fairness. I mean, so, so it's not like progressives are today are necessarily like not believers in sort of fundamental rights that supersede everything else. In fact, they believe in that very strongly. Abortion happens to be one of those rights, actually. And, you know, they will go to quite great lengths in order to sort of protect that because it's so such a part of their cosmology. Like, again, and, and you know, like, what's the word that... Um, the guy uses in sort of pursuit of the millennium. Like Christianity has always had these sort of flare-ups of, of heresy which fall under the umbrella of mystical anarchism. And these are people who really sort of um, fall under what you're aiming at, Marek. Like people who find, and usually they have like a fairly sort of Christianity, like theologically inspired explanation for why. But they basically say, I have become a god, more or less, which means that 
I have license to do whatever I want. I can lie, I can steal, I can cheat. Like, morality is a spook. Like, this is part of the official program. Saying that morality is a spook is not part of the progressive program. Like, they might say that your particular conception of morality is, like, false, but, like, Progressives do not say that morality does not exist, like rights do not exist, like there, there is no right and wrong. Like this, the, the bleeding heart liberal. Yeah, like no, they don't say that. In fact, they say like the problem with conservatives is that in fact they trample upon laws that like are sacred in some sense. You drive your diesel truck and it, and it hurts, uh, you know, the environment. Yeah, so, so like again. Well, who cares what they? Who cares what you said? What we? What people say about their motivations? No, that doesn't matter. Like, well, well we. I mean, we have to make it interesting to talk about it. Uh, I, I, okay, but let, then let me continue. Then, all right. So, okay, that's not their goal. Is not to have a society without rules. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's to have society run by their own rules. But here's the thing: it's become a, if not central plank of their belief systems, like it, it's going to be one soon because you, it, it, this has moved out of the shadows in the last 10 or 15 years. We're, we're, we need to abolish the family. Like this is a, this is a stated, this is like a, a stated goal of, of their religion. We need to abolish the family, right? The family is a union. The, That's the family, a good point. So what is it? What is the family? What are the family they're talking about? It's a, hier- a hierarchy, right? It's, it's one that is, yeah, I'll just say up yeah, someone, if you, you don't like it, whatever. Uh, it's 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 one certainly based in nature, right? With the with the with the parents having dominion over their children because you know a, a child doesn't understand how to live in the world and ha- and has to be subservient to their parents at least until they're old enough to make their own decisions. So they want to abolish that. Well, why would you want to do that? Like, what 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 good would that serve? Well, the I guess the 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 basic. Ben Shapiro explanation would be you want to usurp the the authority of the family and have that control for yourself. And there's something to this. I think it was Orrin Orrin, Orrin McIntyre is a great person to listen to. He talks about this all the time. I think it was in Burnham's book. Anyway, the the it once you destroy if you destroy all these structures that are these ancient human structures, you can throw them through the paper shredder and you can gobble up a little bit more of that power for yourself. Right, the state can move in and do whatever. The less control that these old structures have the more control that new structures can have. So if you're a materialist here, here's, here's the bone I'm throwing to you. The whole point of all this, the reason you have to fight dad. And as, again, dad is not a guy in Kentucky. Dad is God. The reason you can fight all this, the, the patriarchy, the family, all these hierarchical structures that, that they say they want to destroy is because you can, you can rip that thing apart and you can just take a little bit more stuff for yourself. You get a little bit more control over people. You get a little bit more money. You get a little more influence. However, I'm going to push that aside because like that's not really what's important. What, what is important to understand is you can't rebel against nature. So even if you're not, if you listen to this and you're not a Christian, you don't care what God says about anything. Okay. Pretty much everybody uh, in the last 2,000 years of Western history has agreed that there is some a sort of natural order to things. If you show up in 1965 and you say, guess what? That's all bullshit. I got a new answer. We're going we're gonna to do, the, do these things my way. You're not like a new religious visionary. You're a fucking maniac. We have seen this before. 
a monster rebellion. You are pro you're the human pr human pride taken to an astronomical levels to where you're going to squash the entire planet for your own vanity. Like this yeah. is a very old story, and these people can do a lot of damage. But I promise you, they're not they're not visionaries. Uh, I'm really glad you brought up the monster rebellion because, like this, this illustrates something fairly important here. Like the uh, the group in in the Western world that has been sort of like the recurring theme of you know trying to destroy the family, radical Christian sects. Why? Because the family as a community of like, you know, not of choice, but like just of circumstance. Like you're born into your parents, you have to love them and so on, is a natural competitor to the community of believers, which is why like Anabaptism was such a sort of, how do we put it, like such a destructive, but also a very sort of uh, hard to shake heresy in Europe. Um so like, yes. e even if you are a believer in the Lord's justice, like you, you believe in the Christian God and you believe him in a lot, a lot more than anyone else, more than these like, you know, queer squishies in the church who, who just say they believe it, but they don't really. Like you are going to hate the family for the well, same yeah. reason that the Bolsheviks hated the family. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. But you ever heard of Oneida uh, Silverware? No, sorry. What? One of the one of the major silverware companies in America was started by um one of these guys. Shakers. But, yeah, it, it, and so that is a that is a persistent heresy. Uh, that's like the, part of the Gnostic heresy because, like, yeah, it, you know, your your family that is sort of just directly bound up in you know the the, the evil material world. Uh, I, I thought that was a great point you made, Merrick, about the what you're saying because I immediately about the abolition of family because one of the most prominent. Ab uh, abortion activist Sophie Lewis, uh, you know, Verso, yeah. uh, Oxford. Um, she's got so, uh, you know, she, she's one of these, she's like, uh, does all this activism for abortion in Alabama, despite being British or whatever. But she's got one of these articles that says, like, uh, like, uh, she, ba I don't know, she, she basically insinuates that, you know, the, the witches, these, wit there were these witch burnings and all this kind of stuff in early America that, that what a lot of these witches were accused of was, uh, "Quote unquote, like folk healing. What they were really doing was abortions, and she sort of ties this and she says, like, yes, it's good. And these modern day abortion clinics, they're just like the great witches of the past. We're, 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 uh, you know, uh, against Christianity. I don't know. It's, it's a really great point. Humans have been sort of trying to control their fertility for you know several millennia. At least that's as far back as we've had records. Uh, and again, like." This should not come as necessarily a great surprise because, like, you know, not that long ago in the sort of classical world, like, if you had a kid, you didn't want that kid, you just killed him. Like, you threw him threw him off a cliff or whatever. Like, that wasn't, like, killing kids was not necessarily, like, the end of the world for, for anyone except for the kid himself. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, but, but, like, the thing here is just that, uh, like, if you look at the Bolsheviks, the Bolsheviks are, and, and Sleskin makes a very convincing case. Again, he's not the first one to make it. But, like, these people, they're religious fanatics. Like, straight up, uh, they would not be out of uh, tune with, you know, the sort of fighters of Mount Ta Tabor or whatever during the Hussite Wars. Because, like, they act and they think very much the same. Like, sure, on the surface level, they shouldn't because they say, like, okay, nothing probably happens to you after you die. But, like, 
you know, normally speaking, like you don't necessarily become die a martyr's death for um, something like that. And if you listen to, I mean, if you listen to sort of um, like the songs um, from from the early labor movement, for example, like like these are basically Christian psalms uh, with the serial numbers filed off. Like if you listen to Labor's Red Flag, they talk explicitly about martyrdom. Like martyrdom has no place in sort of like, you know, agnostic heresy <laughs> because there are no fucking Gnostic martyrs. Like it, the entire term is sort of like it's a contradiction in terms. Like Gnostics will look at someone who got killed for his beliefs and say, well, you know, that guy just like did something really stupid. Like there's... There's nothing to die for. Like, that's that's ridiculous. But again, um, the reason you can have this sort of transition from, like, feudal peasants who become then these, like, Bolshevik radicals or whatever is because it's not really that big of a step. Presence or absence of God is not necessarily that huge of a thing compared to, like, the mental sort of framework. Um which is why, again, most sort of, or I should say, basically no progressive looks at Christians and go, well, like, this is a representation of authority, capital A authority, and, and I hate it because I hate that. They just look at, it, look at them and see someone is equally pitiable and also, like, offensive. Pitiable because, like, truth, like, the divine truth is so close and yet so far. Like, if they could just give up their, like, silly sky spirit, they would see, like, the true logic of things. But also, they're blasphemous because they think that, like, a sk silly sky spirit, ultimately, human beings needed that covenant with, like, the mountains or the trees or Jesus Christ or whatever, in, in order to be, like, full of themselves. Which is not the same as, like, saying that we are all gods. It's just that, like, to these people, the destiny of humanity is something glorious. It's something worth dying for. It's not something like... Yeah, it's hubristic. But, I mean, so is Christianity compared to animism. No, I don't agree. I mean, well, okay. Yeah, you don't have to agree. I'm not saying this is the truth. I'm saying this is how these people think. Here would be how I would describe what you're saying. Uh, the pagan looked at the Christian and the early Christian and was confused by them because the pagan, in broadly ter broad terms, you're just a coexist, you're coexist with nature, you're part of nature, whereas uh, the Christian view, uh, humans have dominion over nature, granted them by God. And now these strange people, we look at these strange people because rather than coexist with human nature, they think that they have dominion over human nature and can control it and alter it in ways that you that well, people like me think you simply can't do. Well, I like mean, they, abortion specifically, like it's not something we're talking about in the hypothetical here. Like you can do it. Yes. Or, or just you can rearrange people's sexual organs with surgery and, and you can just, you can be, if you want to, hey, if you want to say you're an octopus, you're an octopus. Like these, like these are, th they've taken the Christian concept of dominion over nature and they said, well, you know, we're, we're, let's take this, but we're also just going to do this with like human beings themselves. It's, it's like this is what transhumanism really is. I guess if you're looking at it from an outside perspective, 
uh, you could see, you can see their argument. Their argument is like, well, we're just taking this one step further than you took it. Like we're we're actually we have control over everything, so we can change these th- these things that you think are are immutable about human beings. But of course, like the problem is you can't actually do that. So well, they keep a, running running into problems with reality. A funny thing with that that video I shared um, before the show that was uh, talking about this. Um, in the comments, I noticed there was a couple comments that they had these sort of per if you're a Christian, you've heard these, these things, the personal testimony, the personal testimony is a lot like, um, mm-hmm. I was in a biker gang. Like there was no, like we were, you know, and then, you know, I, and anyways, in, in the, the comments is, uh, so here's one says, you know, I was born in a fundy cult. It was, you know, women had one, this is the direct words. Women had one role and one future and no choice in the matter. Um, they will come after contraception because, and you know, they just talk about like these people are just like, uh, you know, retarded robots, I guess. And then, you know, they, you know, they found progressivism and now they're out of that uh, primitive stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the record, I don't like, I don't agree with the idea. Obviously that sort of like, if you're a Christian, like you are just a retarded robot. Like you have, there's obviously something here that's more than just like sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree. This person, frailty. this person was saying like, you know, uh, they, they were just saying like this, this fundamentalist uh, Christian background they had was just sort of like morally primitive. Uh, you know what I mean? A lot of they think a lot of the way they, they think of it like uh, just some words. Just ha- this is something like um, even. Uh, IDW guys will say like uh, just because some words are happen to be in the Bible and like you know maybe they were mistranslated or whatever uh, that sort of becomes the moral. Uh, in other words, like it's just sort of like moral nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Again, like the 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 figure of the sort of Christian in 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 the um, mind of the progressive. It's not a, like, oh my God, I hate like being moral. I'm so glad I'm done with that. It's just like these people are primitive. Like there are glimmerings of like insight or whatever, just as you know, a Christian looks back at like Plato or whatever and says, Well, this guy may have been the heathen, but he said some good things, but like, you know, can't accept like people shouldn't be heathens today. That's very bad. Like, they again, say Bronze Age Sky Daddy and all this stuff. They they just think of it as, it as a primitive version. They're like, oh, they didn't eat fish, because, you know, or this kind. Of, they just see it as primitive. Yeah, exactly. But like, and, and which is why, again, like you have this mix of pity and like absolute hatred. Because like the pity is for the primitive part, but like the hatred comes from like like your existence is blasphemous. Because again. You are saying that, like, my claims or human claims to dominion should, like, be held back from because, like, your spirit told us so. Well, I mean, if you if you were in communion with your spirits and you told the Christians that, like, no, actually, like, animals are pretty important, too, like, they wouldn't give you five seconds because, like, the idea that one can listen to a bunch of primitive spirits in order to sort of make a case for limited dominion, that in itself is offensive. I'm not saying that like progressives are like, this is a great idea, like we should all just do things until like the wheels fall off the wagon. I don't think that at all. But you have to understand the logic that drives these people because, um, holy crap, like this Roe versus Wade thing, it's probably going to lead to like real conflicts. Now, now, I would say also, this isn't 
really, this isn't uh, all the time or even maybe even, I don't know, half the time, the pitch they give to the public. Because a lot of time when they give a pitch to the public, they sort of uh, take it for granted that a lot of people would see this as um, that there is life there. And they will say like, yes, but the Republicans, they don't really care about the situation that produced it and all this kind of thing. You know, uh, they're often not this confident with the with the propaganda. Yeah, and and here in Sweden, like every like the most sort of radical left wing person will like uh, they will try not to think about like the actual state of the law in the U.S. because like everyone considers like week forty abortions to be completely disgusting. Like it's for that like the the actual sort of materiality here is not necessarily like the the big what makes people into sort of zealous uh, fighters for something. Well, where, where does that come from? Where where does week forty abortion? Where where was the thinking behind that? What are they thinking with that? Uh, here in Sweden? No, here here in, because they don't do that in Sweden, right? They do that yeah. here in America. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think that like the polarization tends to drive people to take more and more extreme like stances. I actually had like several people uh, write to me in DMs over Twitter saying that like as a progressive right now, there's huge pressure uh, to sort of be in favor of late-term abortion, which is, you know, disgusting. But like you can't really say something about it because then you're on the other side. I I, I agree. I mean, so this this kind of came out like so that the shout your abortion thing is not a uh, hundred years old. I mean, so I, I remember where th- that came out almost specifically, like one of these things that comes out of like debates and stuff. And basically, the idea was, you know, the progressive like, well, look, you know, you're not doing enough to prevent the thing in the original, and and you know, it, it's it's a difficult situation for many women. That's what they always say, like, look, it, you know choice doesn't mean that they're happy it just means it's, it's a difficult very difficult situation the, and the, the conservatives say well yeah it's a difficult situation uh you know why you know because it, you're killing something and, and then you know the i i think this you know you lose the debate there like if you're having a public so the the, the response in the debate is to say well you know i don't care at all i shout my board it's great it's awesome it's the greatest thing well there's no contemplation at all there was a blue check on twitter and it might have been like even a, a, a political figure who tossed out the old Steinem line. Like Steinem said that if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament, right? But someone says something like, you know, abortion is a sacred, you know, but what essentially abortion is a sacrament, right? That's what the, by person- the way, they can now, according to our government. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did, did you, sorry, did you see that? Uh, there was a style guide come out for the media. This is like, you know, this comes from the Illuminati, the people that write these things. And they said, don't you don't say men can get pregnant anymore unless the story is specifically about transgender. And ba- like this came out like two days ago. And they're basically they're saying like this is hurting our our argument like this. This is like hurting yeah. us in debates. So don't say it like this, because and this is that, that kind of stuff that comes out of debate stuff. That is like that's why it's not permissible for for them to say that you can well we can restrict abortion to uh, after 12 weeks or however you can't do that because like it, it is it's the sake it's a sacred right it's like it is oh. the basis of autonomy if you if you don't have absolute control over uh, over your body and this is their this is their way of thinking then like you don't then that has upset the like the I got structure you. of the universe I so you've you've that same door that's been opened up with the shout it's like oh well 12 weeks not 13 weeks etc yeah i mean 
like the the social technology. I'm using a bad word. The um, the innovation of the shout your abortion is that the forty weeks. No, no. The innovation here is that like you're now proud of this thing. Like I'm I'm telling you, I'm celebrating that I took control over my body. In the past, like say President Clinton made his famous line that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Right. This is not something we want to happen. It's it's it, this is a bad outcome, but. We we want to make sure it's it's safe and orderly and, and it's possible, but we don't we don't want this to happen. We we like now there are people who celebrate having an abortion, right? Yeah, they they, they give out T-shirts and stuff. That this is control. This is you're exercising control as a sovereign. You're yeah, I, I, I have absolute. You're celebrating the absolute control that you have. You know, a, a funny thing recently happened because I was sort of um, introducing or writing on, on Swedish boomer book about like this uh, abortion issue that had flared up in the United States. And this person I never thought would, would like write to me, writes to me, uh, who is sort of a real uh, good old like socialist comrade who has written at length about, you know, how me and Marcus are fascists and so on. So like a person still in good standing. And she she was surprisingly like cordial and everything and and like made a sort of comment on on this thread about like the fact that several states in the u.s have basically like elected abortion for the length of the pregnancy and and she said like you know this is bad and like civilized societies shouldn't have this i guess the americans just have this because they have no like social permission for um for mothers like you know, it's it's cheaper to get an abortion than to like give birth, <laughs> and, and like so. This was the way that someone who lives one hundred percent in in the headspace of like a progressive, like cosmologically, like you don't necessarily have to. And I think this is incredibly, relatively at least, rare outside of the Anglo-Saxon world. You you don't find a lot of these people in Germany or Sweden who think that like the, the the point here necessarily is like this total you know to become God, in, in the sense that in the Gnostic sense where you you are free from like laws imposed by humans. Um, the point here is to be free from laws imposed by nature. Uh, that's not the same thing. So, like, it's completely possible for someone to still believe in, like, you know, the communist utopia or whatever and say that, yeah, we shouldn't have abortion after 18 weeks because, like, there's a real moral quandary here. Like, at some point, this becomes a person and that person has rights and so on. Um, so, like, okay, the in a way, the issue in the U.S. is just that, like, polarization and, like, the political situation is driving everyone into like various camps and then there's like no room for compromise but if you catch a lot of american progressives off the record they will of course have the same sort of moral qualms as everyone else because i mean they're human beings and again like their faith is not dependent on like it's it's not a gnostic heresy in, in the sort of pursuit of the millennium sense. Because, like, none of these people say that, like, the point here is where every individual should free themselves of the laws of men. Uh, they consider this to be just as sort of sacrilegious, uh, like, completely sort of nihilistic and wrong. I mean, 
they don't care about the loss of, you know, shards, but that's not the same as not caring about like any laws instituted by men. Yeah, as I said, they're in the they're all in the they're all gods in the pantheon, and they have to have the laws of men for them are like these uh, these compacts they make with each other. You know, the you know Zeus Zeus and Hera and uh, Aphrodite they all have to get along in some way. Like they have they have their own little rules for dealing with each other. But uh, as for the laws of nature, they don't apply to them, and the laws of men are, are far beneath them. They don't Zeus doesn't care. This is kind of a an interesting point about like we were talking about earlier about the pagans. Like I'm not I'm not an expert on pagan like the Hellenistic religions or whatever. But like from what I understand, if you were a pre-Christian like pagan, say we'll just say Roman or Greek person, your view like your view of the gods like it's not like uh, Zeus had scribbled down commandments for you, and like you knew, like this is what Zeus wants. This is Zeus's law. It was more like you had a rela- you had a patron client relationship with Zeus. Like, hey Zeus, I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up with these beautiful white swans. I want to kill them and sacrifice them to you. And you can you do me a favor for that, right? It was kind of a give and take. It wasn't like Zeus laid down these these laws. There were there were there was a concept of natural law, but like that really wasn't. Uh, and, this, uh, and the gods might be the agents to punish you for violating something like this. Like if you were, uh, if you committed incest or you killed your, killed a family member for gain, the gods might help punish you for, for doing that. But it wasn't like you, the only way you could offend the pagan gods was like to personally offend them. Like if you said, for example, that one was more attractive than the other and uh, it would set off a war that would destroy your city state. I read an amazing Twitter thread once that compared um, talking about how similar uh, like Roman uh, Greco Roman uh, pagan religion was to just modern progressive uh, uh, like civic religion. I I, I couldn't recreate it, but it was very funny. They they just like, it it sounded like very, very similar where it was like, uh, you know, it's a lot about sort of what others think. And um, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, look at the end of the day, I I just, I just don't buy it. I, I seriously don't buy it because again, I think this, this comes from, I mean, look, if you, if you talk to progressives, they would tell you straight up that, um, at the end of the day, like, what is Christianity in, in you know, flyover America about? It's about taking fentanyl, beating your wife, and sort of, you know, having gay sex. And, you know, you can always do that if you look at, like, it's, it doesn't really matter what these Christians think. It just matters what what they do. And then you select your examples, you know, not exercising any bias, whatever. You can say whatever fucking thing you want about Christians. At the yeah. end of the day, though, if you are uninterested in the way, like, what actually goes on inside the skulls of, of your enemies, uh, and this is the big vice of every progressive today, like, they will, they will never really understand um, sort of what makes people actually care about abortion. For them, it's literally about, like, raping women or whatever. Like, they, you cannot understand to the explain to them without them becoming incredibly furious at you that actually no like i care about abortion for another reason i'm i'm not into this question because i want to rape women yeah but, so but well, again, either either like, way either way so no, our- no no well before we go on like this is let me offer a counterpoint to this uh they do understand and the reason that they get very upset about this is because 
Oh, okay. If, if you want to take the materialist view of it, maybe it's because they were raised in this environment, so they have latent feelings left over from this, and so like they get very touchy about the subject if you bring it up. Or uh, here's here's a, a slightly spicier take, but it's the one I think. On some level, they know that that ain't right. They know it ain't right to to suck out a suck out a baby because you don't because it would be inconvenient for you. They know it's not right to give drugs to kids and chain to help them change their, you know, there's not right to have uh, gay guys having uh, throwing money at a drag kid dancing. And they know that's not right. And having someone there to, there's nothing worse. If you, and I know that whoever you are listening to this, you've experienced this because you're a human being. You've been, you've been fucking up. You've been doing something you shouldn't have done. And there was somebody there who maybe not explicitly told you, but just by example, like, their their presence made you feel bad about yourself. The sober and, guy at the party, right? And, and 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 there's two way. Most like the the very very natural selfish human reaction to that is, well, I'm mad at that guy. Who does he think he is? But like you're just trying to avoid you know experiencing the bad feelings that you've created for yourself. Oh, okay, okay. But by, by the way, okay. So either way, to take Zorks to guess, let's let's put that aside and just say. <laughs> Okay, y'all got to agree to disagree. Okay, but I just say you can't. I know, but uh, let me. This is the thesis and saying you can't really put it aside because this is why they can't coexist with with us ever. Because as long as there's somebody there saying this is not right, that hurts them, and so they have to. Like that's why you're. That's why you have to have a ministry of truth. That's why you have to make sure that there's no nobody's allowed to ever utter these words in in reality. Right, right. It's physically painful. Okay, okay. it's not really that painful. I mean, look, Christians have a lot of things throughout history and even today where everyone kind of knows, yeah, this is kind of fucked up. And I don't necessarily just mean institutionally, but like, you know, you don't necessarily have to try very hard to illustrate that there are, you know, I'm thinking of the discussions I've had with Christian conservatives about like what they've let happen with America, like, you know. All of these good Christians, you know, dumping fentanyl all over the country, killing their own countrymen, hundreds of thousands of people dead. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that uh, Hitchens did well, uh, who I don't like, but uh, he he was somehow, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that he would fight with were kind of just like really scumbags who uh, th- there was that one guy in particular that was a big dude in the GOP that was kind of like one of these people that just sort of uh, kind of involved in a really lot of scumbag stuff or, you know, basically any of these old school GOP things uh, that were going on. But e- either way, let- let's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's, either that's, way, that's, so that's, that, let me say, so that was, that's America. That's your opinion. And none of us really know because we're trying to divine the mind of another person. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so none of us really know. But let's take Tink Zorg's answer and then say, what does that tell us about how this is going to play out? I, I, I guess the, just the central point here is that, like, at the end of the day, you kind of have to understand that there's a real sort of religious impulse here. There's a real, like, zealous impulse. Uh, and that impulse has nothing to do with, like, letting West Elm, like, raw dog. West Elm Caleb raw dog you and then like oh, I'm too lazy to use a condom so like you know I can't believe they're taking away my reproductive bodega access like no people don't become martyrs over bodegas or like convenience or something like that and what you're gonna see now is like libs mobilizing their 
progressive impulse or the like sellers impulse, like the thing that makes people willing to die the death of a martyr, that engine, that engine of faith works on a fairly similar sort of uh, schematic as if you are an opponent of abortion for a very simple reason. Because, like, again, everyone uh, taking part of this fight is essentially steeped in, you know, Christian sort of culture mentality. You also have, like, actual sort of Christian churches with people who are one could probably guess, like, not all of the progressive Christians are necessarily, like, you know, cynical about it in their own. Like, you know, I've been paid $10,000 directly by Satan. That's why I'm saying these things. But I know it's a crock of shit. Like, no, no. I mean, we've talked. So the people go look up the Quakers uh, just on YouTube. They, the Quakers have, like, uh, they are extremely politically active. Um, and and they are very very. The problem with them is not, and, and they're super progressive. They're ultimate level progressive, and there's no part of what they're doing that is not serious. I mean, they are they are they have no fun at all. Yeah, and 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 again, like the, and, and Christianity has been here before many times in a way, in, in terms of like always having these problems with like people who take the logic too far, uh, and and again, like people who reject the family in in. In, in sort of in favor of the community of be- believers by choice, they don't necessarily have to be Gnostics. They can be like, you know, really hardcore millenarians, for example. So what you're saying is these people are going to fight hard. This is, if this was about, uh, I don't want to, I'll just say it. Um, I'll bleep it. If this was about pies, then this would go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This yeah. would go away. But this isn't, and I'll just give you examples. I don't get these very often. I don't know where I got this from. But before, right before we've been on the show. Hey, Buzz. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not one of those. I got a text message uh, on my you phone. You must have cut a different deal with Peter Thiel. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Spicy content. <laughs> if, if, you, if you see me driving a petty blue, uh, if you see me driving a petty blue 1970 Superbird, welcome with a limp. We'll just, you know what happened. But uh, so <laughs> I, I got this test, text message, not so, and I don't get these text messages. And then this says this on, my, and I don't know this person. I don't know where I, I don't know where I, this came from to me. On Monday, sorry, this how it starts out. Healthcare is a human right, and yet it's under attack across the country. On Monday, a draft Supreme Court opinion leaked, which once final, which once final could strike down Roe versus Wade. Millions of Americans in dozens of states are on the brink of losing federal protections to, to access abortions. Please join over 150,000 Move On members and add your name to the petition demanding that President Biden and the Department of Health and Human Resources, the Department of Health and Human Services, there's uh, your Curtis Yarvin, um, uh, cathedral uh bureaucrats talking take action now and to protect and to expand abortion access um i i don't get these you know this is like something that's, that's been mobilized that i've never gotten before yeah and, and like this roe versus wade thing I, I got into an argument a couple of days ago about this when i said that like you know torpedoing the supreme court like uh, this leak has just it's much more um, ominous in a way than like you know elitist opinion or whatever or like abolishing Roe versus Wade because again 
this the Supreme Court is like one of the last few institutions with some sort of legitimacy or mystique about it. And, and now that is being destroyed, probably by someone from the left. Nobody on the left with any sort of cachet has said anything negative about this going to war, burning the institutions down. Yeah, there was a there was a little bit. So uh, the SCOTUS blog is like was like center left people, and like they they yeah. condemned the leak, and they uh, I don't know what happened to them, but I, I think it's not they, just they, it's not just they condemned it. They said this is like the biggest thing that happened in Supreme Court in our lifetimes. Like you, this is a a huge like this leak was a huge event that like overshadows any of the decisions that they've done in the last yeah. few years, which they've made some big decisions and this one's a big one too. Like the fact that, yeah, you had this rebellion of a, probably of a, a, a clerk. Sotomayor. Like, yeah. But, but, yeah. but like nobody, like no real progressive really liked Roe versus Wade in the sense that like, I think this is a great idea. Uh, like, you know, as a sort of like 21 year old, like, you know, socialist, commie bastard or whatever in Sweden, I knew, uh, like I knew, about Alito and Scalia and Thomas, right? I didn't know what, who any of the progressives were on the Supreme Court, but I knew these people because yeah, they were the bad guys, yeah. yeah, like even in like a far-flung <laughs> province, like you knew about these villains, like Alito, Clarence, Thomas, and 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 Scalia. So, so like the idea that you find a lot of like Supreme Court justice respecters like among sort of friends of abortion rights or whatever on, on the progressive left. Like, no, um, everyone was, like, this was sort of the, the so armistice between South and North Korea, like, which no side really wanted, but, like, you know, whatever, like, it's in place now, we can't keep fighting. The Like, everyone always sort of wanted a federally guaranteed right to abortion. And, like, what every person found, like, blasphemous about Roe versus Wade was that it really didn't codify a right to abortion like just straight up as a right to abortion. Like you, yeah. you still had to sort of do this Rube Goldberg device where it's like, you know, right to privacy or whatever. And no, people wanted to say it to say like, no, you have a like sacred right to abortion, like that should not be infringed, blah blah blah. So now that it's gone, it's not coming back. Because, like, the main criticism of it was that, like, you know, Thomas and Alito would then abolish it at some point when they felt like <laughs> it. Uh, and, you know, the people who said, like, no, it's fine, uh, that's not going to happen. Like, they are probably, like, trying to scrub those articles off the internet right now. And, again, like, back in 2010 or whatever, like, the best thing you could say about Roe versus Wade is, like, it's not as bad as everyone thinks. I don't think it's going to be abolished by... Alito in 10 years, uh, nobody said, like, I think this, like, I really trust my man Clarence Thomas to keep it real on the abortion question. Like, nobody thought. But now we run into a problem because, like, this, this sort of solution where, like, the Supreme Court by, like, judicial fiat um, guaranteed this right has was basically like using some sort of science fiction freeze ray or whatever uh, on on like a rampaging monster. And so like at some point you use the anti-freeze ray and then like the monster just picks up the rampage again. Because like there's no way to pass either sort of like 
you know, codified Roe versus Wade federally, and there's no way, and, and you have people actually saying this, it's like, it's completely insane. But like the next step for us on the pro-life side is that um, we're gonna uh, ban abortion nationally uh, in, in, you know, through Congress, and then, you know, there's not going to be any abortions in the United States at all anymore. Like, you know, yeah, you can, you can do that after you successfully, like, fight a civil war and, you know, send your carpetbaggers uh, to California and New England to reimpose, like, Reconstruction 2.0. <laughs> like, after that, you can ban abortion nationally, but not before then. The Supreme, like, the, the problems with Roe, it's funny because, like, it, it was funny to listen to like the progressive activists talk about this subject because like as Malcolm said they would have preferred to just like have someone on the Supreme Court just say yeah this is you have a right to do this and it's not contingent on anything this is just a uh, this is just actually something that was there all along right this is this is in itself is is a right but the Supreme Court couldn't do that in the 70s and it I mean maybe they if things had gone differently maybe they could have done that. Uh, if they had enough progressive justices today. But the reason that that never happened is for the same reason, like that the court still has legitimacy. It's that you need to, no, 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 I mean, this is a, like, there's a, his, like this, like historical idea that it's probably goes back in the deep into human history. Like you have this, you have this King. He's a good King. He's a philosopher King. And he, he rules wisely and he rule and he's, he has a, he's not, he has a firm hand, but he's not an autocrat. And then his son who follows him is, it's not, it's not the good man that he is. He's like, why are you being so nice to these people? Why are you doing this? You're the King. You can do whatever the hell you want. You just say, you know, you just list, obey me or you're going to get the cudgel. And the, and the philosopher king's like, yeah, but you don't understand. This is all more precarious than it looks. The people have to, you know, they have to want you to be their king for things to run smoothly. But he doesn't understand that. He 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 doesn't have the same experience that the king does. Perhaps the king became king by doing great deeds, and the son's just like debutante, whatever. Yeah. This is what's happened to the kind of what happened to the progressive movement. Like they they're not they they don't. Rem- None of the people here remember this, the struggles of the 60s that they had. They don't remember living in that world. They remember a world where they just had victory after victory after victory. That's all they remember. So it's like, why are, we, why are we having debates with these people? Why are we entertaining any of these ideas? Just bang your gavel, Mrs. Ginsburg, and make this the law of the land. But you can't, you can't do that without losing that legitimacy. And that's why whoever the – if it was a clerk that leaked this, he's an idiot. Because you have sacri- you you're you're imperiling this thing that's been very valuable to you. And by the way, an election could go one way, and then two old men could leave the court in in three or four years, and the whole thing reverses. Now you have the mandate of heaven again, right? You can do the five to four decisions. There's no reason to throw this 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 thing away if you're them. You need this thing. I mean, but- yeah. By the way, that you know, go back to the uh, the daddy thing. I mean, so. They're, you know, they're the West Wing guys. They're the uh, the the people that understand, you know, law and order. We're the January 6th Captain Insano people that don't respect rule of law. You know what I mean? And they, right. they throw that away. Also, small point about the, you know, in Sweden, you know, you people know about Alito. You know, this is, uh, you know, if you're we, probably half our listeners are not American. If you're not American and you sort of get this um, 
the worst parts of American culture by uh, Osmosis. I hate this for <laughs> you, and we don't mean this. I mean, it's like if you think about um, so just like you know, take Sweden for example. I'm sure there's all kinds of bad things about Sweden. We don't know it. We we know we know PewDiePie and Ace of Base and Dolph Lundgren. That's the Swedish bikini team. Yeah, that's that's all we know, and, I, and like that's fine. Uh, you know, there's that. Have you ever seen this Norwegian swinger? Uh, swinger. Um, singer. <laughs> um, Aurora. No. Okay, so there's this Norwegian singer, Aurora, and like, ah, uh, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know, uh, kind of Skyrim y stuff, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you know, she, well, I was reading about this single she has, like, big single, and she's like, why, what, what, where the, the motivation for the song comes? She's like, well, I was just reading about, like, you know, in the United States, they, they do this abortion, not abortion, they do, um, uh, gay conversion therapy. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. Uh, of like this, this barbaric practice that goes on there, and it just drove me to write about. It. You know, it, it's just very, it's just a very, uh, like I, 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 that's just you know the same thing about. I'm sure they tell you about Alito or stuff. There's all these evil people in the United States, but um, yeah, uh, and, and and then people like awake with shock, finding out that like actually we fought we in Sweden we had free abortion up to week 18. We thought we were like the leading light or whatever, and then you go to like Alaska, whatever, and it's up to week 40. And like everyone finds that to be incredibly disgusting, which places them in a awkward situation because like turns out they don't want unlimited abortion rights. Like nobody do does, but it's hard to say that because like, you don't want to be someone like it's, it's just weird. Oh, but I, I do want to ask you like the, the, the most difficult question about all this. Um, and I, I won't respond to it. I just want to hear what you have to say because, like, it, it's not really a thing to bargain with. It's just, what do you think about this? So, the the nightmare scenario for this, the thing that sort of uh, different different conservatives feel different confidence about this. I mean, so like, uh, you know, there's a Yarvin test of political action, and the Yarvin test is does this make future political action easier? And you know, in my opinion, this does. I mean, but. Regardless of all that, there's a lot of people who think this this doesn't. And, you know, uh, the way this would play out was that, you know, so, you know, they what they showed was, you know, I saw sort of arguments from conservatives that were saying this. They were showing um, news articles from like two weeks ago or two weeks before the, the, the leak or whatever. And they was, they was all the articles were in like the Guardian, New York Times were just about how bad the midterms were. And then suddenly all the articles like supposedly that they, they they're pretty confident and what like what would this look like what would this look like is that there's uh sort of moderate people in the middle that would be i guess like i don't know they don't they don't like progressivism now because they don't like crt or any of these other options then suddenly this roe versus Wade decision comes out they get freaked out they say oh you guys are weirdos and then the the right takes a beating in the midterms or whatever that, that this that there's like, uh, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, look, like, I think that what has struck me this last days is that, like, nobody on the right, like, no sort of shod conservative, you know, this, that, whatever, seems to have much of a conception of, like, what unholy fury, like, this stuff lets a progressive sort of justify for themselves like you you were talking about sort of the norms of the supreme court or whatever and and you know like 
someday the mandate of heaven will come back and like you shouldn't burn these things down. Like that's that's no longer the level people are going to operate on. Because like before this, the problem for progressives was like this awkward sort of we don't like you know, the holiness here, the residual holiness in the civic religion of, you know, the founding fathers, small r republicanism and so on. Yeah. So like example, someone like Elon Musk, I guess, I don't know specifically, but you could imagine someone like this would be like, Oh, Republican. That sounds nice. I like that. But then like, uh, abortion comes up and he'd be like, wait, you guys want to ban that? Oh, that's gross. I'm out. Now you guys were savages all along, et cetera. Yeah, but, but like after this, you know, none of that will be nearly as big of a problem anymore. Like the midterms, the midterms, I don't think the midterms matter at this point. Like, you know, first of all, everyone kind of knew at some point Congress is going to be taken round back to shed and sh- because like <laughs> nobody likes the U.S. Congress. Like as a legislative body, it's been a complete like it's completely fallen apart you know the last big thing that got passed was like ryan's tax cuts or whatever which is not necessarily very auspicious but like everything is just deadlocked so you already have this um thing where like everything that happens in the u.s either happens on the state level or through the executive and the unaccountable bureaucracy so, like, saying, oh, my God, like, Democrats are going to lose, like, seats in the legislative body. Like, at some point, um, like, the legislative body is not going to matter that much, given where the U.S. is heading. And at this point, the the cosmology of progressivism now has a perfectly fine casus belli to just completely abandon any sort of pretense of, like, caring about these things. Because, again... Like, abortion here is sacred, not in the sense of um, we should have an abortion, like, at any specific week or, like, you know, convenience or something like that. Like, it's as sacred to progressives in the U.S. as it is to, like, you know, socialists in um, Sweden who hear about like abortions in the US in like week 44 and then they want to fucking vomit and they are glad that like something like that will never be legal in Sweden which it won't be like it's sacred in the sense that like the hammer is sacred to the hammerite here mm-hmm. like this is a symbol of us defeating the trickster the the evil spirit of nature that like has humans living in caves or whatever because that's cool up until this point, if you were a progressive, you kind of saw um, Chad's conservatives as, you know, after you, you know, you, you Christ and um, after you, the Christian missionaries did their work in, in South America, like during the, the conquest, the colonization, like obviously you had a lot of sort of elements of the old faiths stick around because it was really, really hard to root them out. But, like, Christianity has always been really good at taking, you know, the winter solstice or whatever, and then coming up with some explanation for why this completely pagan ritual that people were celebrating, like, 500 years before the birth of Christ. It's actually about Christ. And so you can keep doing your pagan bullshit, because we know you're not going to stop, as long as you, in theory, say that, like, you do that as Christians. And it's really about, you know, venerating Christ. But... 
like Valentine's Day with the Lupercalia. Yeah, and and again, like in 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 the minds of progressives, shots in in red states were these Catholics that were like Aztecs four generations back, and like okay, they have these weird saints and whatever, and we're not gonna open up the can of worms of like looking at it too closely. We're going to pretend that like these weird saints are not just their ancient blood gods or whatever. But like the moment someone says, I don't think like Jesus Christ is bad and I think he's real. I just want you to rep like respect Quetzalcoatl on the same level as Jesus Christ. Like I'm still going to pray to Christ. I'm going to do everything that I've been doing up until this point. But I'm not going to play along with the idea that, like, you know, I'm a Christian. Like, I like paganism. Sure, I like Christ too, but I also like my pagan gods. Like, at that point, you know, the exterminatus is coming. Because, like, you can't tolerate that. And so, for the libs, all of these things that are important to conservatives, guns, blah, 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 like, they had this veneer of, well, you know, these are just sort of progressives almost, but they're really stupid and inbred. So, like, you know, we're going to pretend you are a defeated people living inside, like, our borders, living the best you can according to, like, the rules of, of the cosmos. Like, this is basically a, a, a native rebellion. The guy in the show that we, uh, we listened to, he said, like, in our lifetimes, these things have never been threatened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is the... the there was this sort of um, rebellion by a guy who, who re-christened himself, like Tupac Amaru II, I think, after, like, the last Aztec uh, leader. Like, he, he was a Christian, then he said, fuck this, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore, I'm going to lead my, like, native people who have been treated like shit by the Spaniards and, you know, like, we're going to kill all the, like, white gods and so on, like, throw them out of our ancestral lands. And at that point, like, you know, if you are a Christian and you've been secure in your faith, like, you are not going to look upon that lightly. And, like, any sort of attempts to, uh, how do I say this? Like, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, this is kind of an existential thing. Like, it's not really about, like, abortion itself. It's about, like, what rules govern human beings? What is the human place in the world? Like, if I decided to say, like, okay, if we replaced every American living in Texas with a Mexican, except for you, Bog Beef, and like, maybe your, like, immediate family and so on, like, but everyone else, Mexican, and I then say, like, okay, we're going to do this for the entirety of the United States. But don't worry, like, here are the stats. There's, like, I can guarantee you there will be no more crime. These people will speak perfect English. They will celebrate 4th of July. Like, you know, the GDP will rise by 3% or whatever. Like, so, so there is no reason for you to even be opposed. Like, it, it's not logical to be opposed to, like, your countrymen being replaced by another people nothing material will happen. Well, I mean, the reason you would oppose that anyway is because, like, like the sense of balance, like the sense of, I wake up in a country and it's America. Like, you can't measure that in GDP, and you can't really measure this sort of sense of um, 
like we our cosmology is the dominant one in terms of like how many weeks of abortion should you allow for like it's 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 on a metaphysical level at the end of the day so like we truly are like the uh like a sharia party to them it's more like you guys are um like heathens who oh we thought you we were christianizing you but now you're going to back to your own like worship of odin or whatever like the problem here is just that like both people have a sort of cosmology which you know is in some ways like it's not compatible yeah they, they are incompatible but they're incompatible because they are in some ways like competitors yeah, exactly. Like Christianity was incredibly intolerant of of people saying like just chill out, like you know, listen to the spirits of the trees and the woods and whatever. Like no, like you you burn that person at the stake because like if you allow that sort of rot to spread, you will only have like Christian worshiping like you know pagans who consider Jesus Christ to be like their favorite ca- character in the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever. <laughs> So, so, so this is going to pour gasoline on the fire. Things are going to yeah. get. Yeah. yeah, I think people misunderstood some some of the stuff that Malcolm. I saw people qu- quoting stuff that Malcolm said about this, and like they didn't. I don't think they understood. They understood what he was trying to say. Let's use the example that he used. That you know that well, we're not going to. You know, they're not going to try to 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 reestablish Roe. Uh, and they're going to try and, pro- and almost certainly fail to pass legislation now through the through Congress. It's, it's not going to work. So he's saying, well, we're going to have to move back on it. We're going to forget about using the legislation and we're going to have to rely on the permanent bureaucracy. Right. And, and that's that is exactly what they'll try to do. But here for them, here's the problem. The Supreme Court for our for like for the entire my entire life, my mother's and father's entire lives has been serving that function for them. Like it, it has been doing that job for them. Like they, that's, that, that's the, what they, the machine that they've been really relying on to, to pass a lot of this stuff. And now for, even for a brief moment, it's in the hands of people they consider enemies and can roll some of that stuff back or, ch- or change things around a little bit. And their reaction is not necessarily, well, man, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta win elections and we gotta put, you know, we got to win, win elections and replace some of these Supreme Court justices down the road with our own people and get back to the status quo. No, it's, well, we can't, we obviously can't rely on this anymore. We need to pack the court or we need to ignore the court or we need to do this. And eventually where this leads, and, and I used to think like way down the road, but I'm not so sure anymore because some of the things that we've talked about before that's happened pretty recently, it's going to become down like people with guns are going to tell you what to do. And it's, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be handed down by court court fiat that everybody respects even if they don't like it it's just going to be soft power is obviously not getting the job done anymore they're going to they're going to try to rely on harder and harder means of power that that's bad news for everybody there's the silver lining that is said as i've said many times on this show that's not a sign that you're winning that's a sign that you were winning and now you're having problems, you're having issues. You've gone from the philosopher king of the Warren Court or whatever, who's who's like crafting these these beautiful opinions that are total bullshit, but like you can get everybody to come along with it too. Well, screw you, this crazy theater kid cat lady is going to send the DHS to your house and shoot your dog, and yeah. you're going to be forcibly pushed into this into this thing that you don't like. Yeah. Soft power is real power, like. 
if you have to if you have to beat your wife to to act right, well, you know, <laughs> you've lost control of the situation. Or I get what you're saying, but I want to. I, no, soft power is not real power. Soft power is manipulative. No, like, well, like, but yeah, but they would like to. Uh, they're going to stick if they are brutal and hard power. It'll be until uh, you know they can. Uh, you know, in prison, I, I, don't, I don't think you should. You should never confuse soft power with like. Uh, who's who's the ultimate example of the philosopher king in, in reality? Would it be a Marcus Aurelius, right? Or, or you know, let's say let's use a fictional King Arthur. King Arthur's power isn't that he'll send his knights to kill you. It's that he's a fucking great guy. He, he's he has all the admirable qualities that you like in a person. You want to put you. I, I I trust that guy. I want him to to guide us through rough times. Like I, I support him. I I have faith in his abilities. Or we Whoa. Caesar, whatever people like this. They they might use soft power. They might use yeah. hard power. But ultimately, like they have they have some they have a, a, a quality in their essence that it, it makes people want to follow. Them. Yeah, right. but, but here here's the thing. Like putting like soft power versus hard power aside i think you're right marek in that like hard power is gonna be what they're gonna grasp here because again like these people are radically intolerant in the same way that christians are because again these people are the inheritors of like a culture steeped in christianity and like as spengler points out if you try to rebel against christianity within a christian culture you will have a anti-christian christianity <laughs> yeah like yeah. You, you won't have paganism like that's not possible um, because again like you have no sort of moral like you don't have the foundation to even think like a pagan you can only think like a christian who hates christ but the problem here is just that like if you think about um the radical intolerance here like, okay, there's a bunch of pagans in the Balt- Baltics, right? And then they go, okay, we, we, we tried out this Jesus Christ thing. Uh, we're going to see where it goes. And then they say, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're probably going to go back to paganism. Like, there's no way the Christians are just going to say, oh, well, you know, you tried Christ, you didn't like it. Well, fine. Like, you're going to burn in hell, but, like, that's not our problem. Can't really tell progressives like we tried out this progressive thing like for a while you thought we were sort of heading in that direction but actually we changed our mind and like good luck in california we're gonna do our own thing over here like that's not gonna work the the existence of people who you know worship spirits whether in trees or sky or whatever like and you know spit upon the law like that is blasphemous. Like you can't tolerate that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to fly. There's no Teutonic order for them to sick on us. Is the problem? Yeah, they, yeah. They, that is the problem. The, 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 it's a problem for them. They're not. They're not the Teutonic order who's going to impose their will on the pagans. They're Akhenaten and his or uh, Heliogabalus and his mm, weird ass mother. I don't know, man. So, uh, do you think they'll have a shortage of money? No, uh, money's money's fake. Yeah, yeah, but pre- but yeah, but money can buy a lot of uh, activism stuff. I mean, so we you know we saw, how, <laughs> okay. Least, I mean, you know, going out leading up to the Civil Rights Act. I mean, there were people who like uh, the money. They're going to they're going to use their money and their influence to to get people to to do what they did. Two years ago, they're gonna get. They're gonna cause riots. They're gonna try to. They're gonna try to get. Uh, they're gonna have federal police forces. They're gonna use. The, they're gonna start using the truncheon. But also, like at this. Good point, luck. At this point, like 
nothing is off the table. The law that has been violated here is not, you know, the, the precedent of Roe versus Wade. And it's not like, okay, well, you know, I, for my own sort of convenience sake, need abortion up in this, up to this week or whatever. <laughs> like, no, these people don't live in like rural Texas or whatever. Like they, they live in, in Brooklyn. Like if you are only care about like your, your, yourself as like this God who is at the center of the universe, like, you know, you don't really have to care about what happens to poor women in Texas. Like you, you, you genuinely don't have to care. Yeah. Like maybe you can say, pretend you care, to, to score social points or whatever, but, like, you're never going to get off your fucking ass and do anything about it. Because, again, like, you know, why would a god worry about the furniture? We referenced this earlier with that clip from the most famous pod, the famous podcast, political podcast in America. And, and at one point, one of the people on the podcast says, well, you know, what's really going to happen here is – People are going to rediscover the value of federalism, and they're going to vote with their feet. And, well, motherfucker, they're already doing that. And guess what? Where are they going? They're not going to Brooklyn. They're going away from Brooklyn. Yeah. It's like the, the, the reason that you can't – the reason that they that they can't continence that, you can't just say, well, pff, screw the people in Texas. Let the, let the yokels – because they, they'll say this when they get mad. and like, oh, well, fine. You want to live in the 19th century? You just go ahead and do it. But they can't because, like – they, yeah, they can't talk. The comments to that video were all stuff about like, I'm so worried about the people in Alabama. I'm so worried about the women in Texas. Like, yeah, because none of them feel any fear of losing it in New York or in Brooklyn. You know, their their ideology, their religion has to be 100 percent of the planet. And I don't mean that because like there's a directive from God to make that happen. Like you, people are going to be if you don't if you don't spread our religion everywhere, people are going to go to hell who don't even have a chance and blah blah blah. That, that's not why. There's a directive has- from George Soros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has to be spread over 100% every inch of the globe because, like, if there is a slightest alternative to that, people will go to it because it sucks. Like, I the mean, thing they're selling is shit. So they like you can't you can't have an alternative. You can't have a, a car out for a place where the, the, those rules don't apply. By the way, they did have to hit people in the head to pass the Civil Rights Act. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Like, if that was true. If the only reason someone would like uh, believe in that was because it was shit. Like again, you would have no martyrs. Like you, you're not going to become a fucking martyr for something that really sucks and that you wish you could escape from for, because there's absolutely nothing positive about it. Like maybe, me- yeah, maybe if there's a fucking Skaven Packmaster with like <laughs> a Warpstone gun who says like march into Field of Fire clan rats. Like, otherwise I will shoot you. You're going to march. But, like, you're not going to... Let, let's say the three of us were all, like, IV drug users. We're we're living in the train spotting cinematic universe. The three of us are... We're, we're those guys. And uh, we've, we've spent our entire adult lives, you know, <laughs> living like that. And then suddenly, uh, Bog Beef says, you know what, guys... I, I read the Bible or whatever or the Quran, and I, I'm changing things up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm getting clean, and I'm gonna go. I'm getting married, and I'm doing all these things. Rationally, you would think, well, I bet Malcolm and, and Merrick would be like, "Well, oh, we're so happy." It's it's like it's like the guy in Goodwill Hunting. Every day, we were just wishing that you would do this, and we're just we're, we're gonna love Bog Beef. We're gonna be proud of Bog Beef. But you can know from like personal experience, 
a lot of times that's not the reaction that, that Malcolm and Merrick would have, right? Like they're going to resent him. They're not, they're going to make up reasons why he's an idiot. Why like his, his, his new, ide- his new ideas are stupid. And it, it, even if his lifestyle his new lifestyle is objectively better and healthier or whatever, we're not necessarily going to like, gonna feel that way because like there's here, here's this is this is a very it's like a, a let me put caveat here what we're doing here like we're speculating on motivations and stuff we're throwing out ideas here but like don't ever base your your strat your political strategies around like pathologizing your enemies because yeah, like but, that's I mean, a really stupid but, 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 but let me finish when, when you when you're doing when you're committing when you're committing sins you have two options you can feel three actually you can feel you can stop and, and do what you're supposed to do. You can feel bad about yourself and feel guilt, or you can turn the sin into virtue. And uh, by the way, this is what we have functionally uh, as a culture have done in the last 50 years. We said, well, actually uh, all these things that are bad are actually good. And and we're, we're going to celebrate them. We're going to have pride. We actually have literally pride in them. We're going to revel in it. And you can't really do that. If your boy straightens his act out in front of you and then, goes off and like has a good life you have you would have to either reevaluate yourself and ch- and and change how you feel about yourself your, your entire view of yourself or you can just say fuck that guy he's he's bad here's the thing like i pat pathologizing your opponent as like being some sort of embodying some sort of vice is a really stupid thing to do like it's incredibly stupid to do in this particular context because again if you look at sort of family formation rates like, who gets married? Who stays married? It tends to be upper-class people. Like, the farther up you get the social ladder, the more trad lifestyles actually are in terms of just, you know, pure numbers here. It's true. They're, they're not, hedon- they're not he- uh, a hedonistic at all. Yeah, like, and again, like, there's you, you have all of these things that you are supposed to believe, and people sort of have various ways to rationalize it so like uh, it was really interesting to see like the way my socialist former comrade like said like i think this abortion in the u.s is disgusting but i guess they have that because it's such a ruthless like capitalist society or whatever like there's always a lot of room wriggle room here just recently someone from like you know the alt-right or whatever posted i don't think this was even a joke that like the thing he misses the most about um living in the big cities now that he's moved into shodland is that in the big cities you could just sort of like fuck uh, mentally ill you know art girls or whatever like a new art girl every weekend so like the idea that okay our side we represent i don't know like straightening up your life and their side represents hedonism like, there's a lot of hedonism and fucked up shit on both sides. Um, because there's a lot of fucked up shit in the Catholic Church as well. But, like, that's not necessarily what the Catholic Church, like the Catholic creed, is about. Human failures are more or less sort of universal. But also, if you think about it, like, so why can't Christians accept that, okay, well, these pagans in the Baltics... They just, they tried out Christianity and said, well, it's not for us. I mean, logically. We do. Like, we have. This is the history of America. When the the, the last time this was a shooting, like the shooting war, I'm sorry, the, the, 
there were two sides, right? And one side wanted to conquer the other and, and impose their will on everybody. And the other side just said, leave us the fuck alone, yeah. please. Yeah, again, but... It, hold up, but this thing like, okay, well, if you look at family formation at higher levels, okay, do you think those those like married upper class people, are they the priests of this new religion? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is, is Sophie Lewis one of them? Before that, I just have to ask one question regarding the Civil War, because here you had a situation. One side said, just leave us alone, please. We want to do our own thing. We don't want to be part of your country anymore. The other side said, okay, we'll kill all of you before we let that happen. Like, would you say that you could only believe in sort of abolitionism and, you know, like the destiny of uh, America as seen by, like, the northern states? John Brown. Out of, yeah, like... Out of like this is the shittiest ideology ever, and like there's a Skaven packmaster behind me, sort of whipping me. Or could people just say, okay, well, you don't agree with like the revealed truth? I'm gonna kill you because I really believe in it. Since since like what objectively what they did was recruit millions of people from other countries to come and fight and fight this war then yeah i would say that, yeah it would pretty much was the pack master oh okay i i, I got a story okay so <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, but people like volunteers from norway and so on like how the hell did you manage to get those people to fight and die in the civil war oh, oh okay i got a story that's like it's just you can clearly see that that it's not like uh the same so uh there was a when angela nagel had a like i don't know kind of a debate with sargon like uh, a couple of years ago, he told Sargon told this great story. I've told it several times, but because I, I can't forget it, but uh, he had, they had like this little political club uh, for like, um, I, I can't remember what it was for, but they were like in London or something like that. And there's like, you know, whoever founded it, blah, blah, blah. And someone volunteered to come early and collect the coats. Like as the people come in this rainy place, whatever they collect the coats and they put it at the door. And they did this for like two years and they had no, they didn't care about anything going on in the club. This was a rabid progressive. This is a super progressive person. They just kept doing this. And the whole reason they did this was that eventually the person who ran the group got sick. They had to stop doing it. And they said, well, I've been volunteering this far, this long, and um, now I'm going to take over. You see that kind of thing all through. They're like activists. They're not like people that like to have too much fun, you know, at all. Uh, there's... You know, this person did this and like, you know, sorry, to finish the story, Sargon says like, okay, he's like, we could never do this because like you would have to be a massive loser to like, why would you do this? You know, like and he said, no person on our side would, would go through with this. They like, you know, they have friends and stuff. Why, why would you volunteer to do this for like a, two years? I think people got the impression from like my train spotting thing, like that I'm saying that these people are all like screwed up hedonists. But like, no, that's not that's not the point. The point is there's a, there's aspects of this religion that are just they're dysfunctional. They don't work. And if you actually believe in the religion, like you wholeheartedly follow through with the precepts of it, it makes your life worse. And like this is a Mike Malcolm says, actually a great example because yeah, these these people these people with the highest positions, like the that they do, they live very trad lifestyles, don't they? They live their lives by the old rules. They preach the new rules, but they don't live them. Right. Now, however, Charles, you could, Charles Murray wrote a book about it. You could say that. That itself is breaking up because it's it's hard to you can't maintain this kind of conspiracy because eventually people people who are like newer new people who are born they don't know it's conspiracy so like 
for example, let's say there was a lot of famous uh, famous actresses and, and people whose children were turning out to decide they were the opposite sex at extremely high rates for, for whatever reason, right? Could you, we'll just hypothetically, if that happened, that's probably not something that you would do if you if you had seen the secret memo. You knew like, well, we, we're going to say all this stuff, but actually, you should still just live your life like it's 1950. Yeah. Eventually, that they're, they're, eventually that's going to break down too. But I, I don't. I, no, I don't think that. that by, they, by the way, you're, those actresses you're talking about, a lot of the, most of those kids were adopted. So. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I don't think that like them living their lives in the in the way that, or that the the chuds having their families family formations screwed up and, li- and living screwed up lives as an example, like the, actually the, the Christian religion or whatever, like their way of life is wrong. Oh, okay. But uh, it's the exact opposite. As soon as the, as soon as the rules governing, governing how we behaved were discarded, like the people, the lower, like the, the lower classes. And like, by the way, I, I, I am in part of this. Uh, my parents were not married when I was conceived. It's like, it's not like that. I'm, I'm saying this from a, from on high. I mean, I'm like, I'm an, I'm an example of, uh, the slow decay of, of Western civilization or whatever, right? Like, but that, that's not that's not to say, oh, well, they're right and you're wrong because the people who are succeeding are have been playing by the old rules yeah, and but, the people who aren't playing mean, by the new rules. Okay, just say that they're not hedonists, though. Yeah. Personally, even if they preach, even if they would preach a, a, a message of hedonism, they're not personally, they, they don't, it's not like a... a it, it's pride, it's not hedonism. Yeah, I agree. Because they do things that are like the opposite, like that make themselves unhappy and, and things that you wouldn't do if you were pure, like pure hedonism. Like that's, I'm sure there are some super, like in that, like the like high IQ, uh, there's a name for them, but I'm not going to say it. Who like they try to structure their lives to maximize happiness and. Yeah, there's, there's, in reality, there's They're almost not progressives. no, in reality, there's almost no such thing as, as pure hedonism or whatever. Look, but, right. look, American Christians, like, all of the people working at like lobbying firm, firms that allowed the fentanyl pandemic to happen, like killed hundreds of thousands of their own countrymen, were like at least nominally Christian. Like there's not a lot of people who just say, they, I'm a hedonistic atheist or whatever on like, you know, right wing um, yeah. um, conservative think tanks in the 90s. Like that was not necessarily how you got ahead, and uh, these people, these people were not even sort of uh, either agents of Satan who sort of said, "Oh well, these dumb Christians, they think I'm actually Christian, but I'm sent here by Satan to kill hundreds of thousands of Americans." No, like they managed to be good Christians in theory, while you know destroying their own nation, killing other good Christians. And, you know, like, this is why I always try to reject, or why I I would say I categorically reject, trying to sort of get the true measure of, like, what drives a person to faith from the failings and vices of people inside that faith. Because, like, yeah, like, if you just focus on what people do rather than what they believe... You could argue that, like, Christianity, the draw of it, because this is what people have been doing in the U.S., is just killing people with drugs for no reason. But obviously, like, you're not going to find a lot of martyrs for, you know, making sure people die of fentanyl. You can make the same argument here that, like, obviously in terms of not what people believe or say they believe, but in what they do, there's something fundamentally wrong with, like, even this faith. 
Well, yeah, that's that's kind of what you end up with as long as you have human beings. Yeah, imagine being like a Shintoist observing World War One. Yeah, I mean, and you had sh- like Zen Buddhist or whatever, like arguing like justifications for like you know the rape of Nanjing, like that also happened. Also, Adam Adam Kinzinger posts post Christian memes. <laughs> the guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, like the problem here is just that like. Into belief, actually, what people believe actually does matter in the sense that, like, you know, if they have a sort of like zealous faith, then 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 they are actually materially capable of just, you know, running uh, like into machine gun fire, like dying for for a cause or whatever. Christianity obviously has that. And no fucking amount of, like, you know, atheist podcasts saying, well, you know, there's a lot of pedophiles. Look at, like, the Catholic Church in the 1400s. Look at the obvious corruption. Well, what does that point prove? Like, all of that is true. Well, they, they, they have this. Like, like out, like, by far. I mean, me and Merrick, we, we've had discussions about this before. Like, there's a lot of, uh, like, where the right wing in, in America will, will observe sort of, like, uh, very sort of active progressives. And, and they'll, they'll, like, sort of say, like, you, like, uh, the complaint is, like, you should not be that dedicated to politics. That's evil. You know, uh, you should worry about your family or whatever, you know, uh, like the problem with these people is not that they're not fanatic enough because they're definitely yeah, I are. Mean, they are. They have a lot of fanatics and you can't be a fanatic. The only way you can be sort of a fanatical Gnostic is if you like, you know, fanatically believe that you should be able to lie and steal and not take responsibility for anything. But like you, you're not going to sacrifice yourself for for stuff like that. And if you replace like like the way status or this kind of progressive status works for them with like uh, uh, piety, I mean, you, it's just so obvious. What's the worst sin in Christianity? Uh, I don't know. Apostasy, pride. Pride. Pride is the reason that in the Christian cosmology why there was a rebellion of angels. Why Satan's crime was pride. He loved himself more than he loved God, right? He loved he he put himself before the universe. Well, you have all. The, it, it feels obvious to me, right? Like like whether or not you, uh, I'm sure I know a lot of people who listen to this. They don't don't believe in that. Believe in that, but like let's if you want to take a material view of it, what does this what does this story tell you about human nature? And like, what what could that tell you about what what like what we're living through now? Yeah, what can you see from that? Like, well, yeah, but it, it's not going to stop them. No, no, nobody says I worship the devil, but like a lot of people worship themselves. This is this kind of this is part of human nature. You have this thing that compels you yeah. to behave this well, way. You regardless, have to stop we're in a war it. with them, and you know, yeah, we, and, and, we want to understand them. I mean, no, no honest Christian would ever look at like you know the history of Christianity and say like we have been singularly successful through our faith and you know preventing the sin of pride from taking holds in the hearts of christians and leading to a bunch of nonsense obviously no, that would be pride itself actually, yeah, no. and, and, and there's genuinely very little to be proud of here because like you know this has been observed in in the breach as much as in the observance itself and and you know everyone kind of knows this on the on some level but again, like it's like the bumblebee, it's it can't fly, but yet it does. Like even though there's so many things, like you know the the apocryphal story here, um, when 
Napoleon just snatched the crown out of the uh, hand of the Pope and crowned himself because, like, to <laughs> demonstrate that, like, he was above the Pontifex Maximus. Like, the Pope just wryly told him that, like, I know what you're trying to do, Napoleon. You're trying to destroy Christianity. You will fail. Us here in the church, we've been trying for 2,000 years, and, like, Damn it, if Christianity is still around. Uh, uh, like, so if we, if we in the Catholic Church can't destroy Christianity, like, you have no chance. And, you know, that's true. This is the power of faith. But, like, you, you sort of have to understand that when I say that, like, it's, it's a categorical mistake to, to look at progressives and say, like, they do this, like, they care about abortion because they're, like, hedonists. Uh, like, it's a categorical mistake. I'm not asking anyone to say, well, you know, I agree with the progressives on the abortion question. I'm not asking that at all. I'm just saying that, like, you have to understand that the Knights Templar and the Knights Hospitalier are not necessarily joining, you know, mendicant crusading orders in order to diddle kids. And if you think so, if you think like you and your Saracen host are going to beat the shit out of them <laughs> because they're like, they only care about diddling kids, like you are committing not just like the sin of pride, but like a very uh, a dangerous strategic mistake. Um, I, I agree, yeah. When you think about like all of these, like you can just quote it straight up. Lyrics to the red flag, for example, like the people's flag is deepest red. It shrouded off their martyr dead and ere their limbs grew stiff and cold. Their heart's blood died in every fold. Then raised the scarlet standard high beneath its folds will live and die. Though cowards flinch and traitors sneer will keep the red flag flying here. This is not necessarily something like the people who sing this and actually believe it. They're not necessarily hedonists. In fact, if they really believe it, they are, this is basically like a religious hymn, except without the God. So, well, you, 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 nailed, you nailed this earlier when you said, like, this is, here's a movement that comes off as a Christian movement against Christ, right? It, it, it's like, again, if, if pride is in the Christian, in Christian theology is the biggest sin. They they have and I'm not I'm not you know shooting from the hip here like the word pride for them means something totally different it's like the it's the ultimate yeah. they, they have yeah. they have a parade about celebrating pride like this is a you, this is the ultimate fuck you dad moment the the reason I'm bringing this up is because there are people speculating about hey well when you say like these are the pagans looking at the Christians or the Christians looking at the pagans we've seen in history um, what it looks like when there is a, a new religion is born. That in at least in certain geographical locations usurp the role of Christianity. We've seen it. It's 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 called Islam, right? And no matter how you feel about that, like obviously it's been successful in doing what it wanted to do. Like it's like the second largest religion in the world, right? And the places that used to be Christian, they're Islamic now. It was born in a place that was at least nominally Christian. It doesn't look like the the uh, the a photo negative version of Christianity, right? Like they're not, they don't hold shaitan in high regard. It's exactly, exactly the opposite. They have their totally, they have a totally, 
it's it's a totally different theology, but it's also accomplishes some of the similar things because any successful religion, not saying true, but successful religion has to accomplish certain things. My only argument about about these people is that they can't they can't do that because like fundamentally they're in rebellion against like nature and or if you were talking across you say reality, but that's that's the problem. So I, I don't know what they're gonna do. But I, I know what they're not going to do. I mean, in some sense, like if we, if we think about the abortion question, like, you know, I'm not sure really that the proponents of abortion are in more like rebellion against nature than, you know, sort of bleeding heart Christians. If we're being completely honest here, because again, and this is kind of the awkward point that everyone sort of tries to dance around, except for a couple of people. It's like, you know, if you look at the history of the, the human species, like, you know, killing kids is no big deal. Like, if you can do it, um, like, in the womb, that's great. And if you have to do it after the kid is out and you sort of have to wait, you know, 40 weeks, that's less optimal. But, yeah, maybe just kill the kid. You're you're right about that. And I think you can – and that – even if someone doesn't like hearing that, just looking at the abortion argument in the United States, where after 50 years the lines haven't really changed. Like the the, uh, the war on nature, I'm talking about other things. Like you can change your sex, you can blah. blah you know what I mean when I say yeah. war on like like this. That's a I agree that thing. when when it comes to when when it comes to this subject, abortion, you're absolutely right, and, and like that's why you we have seen that like forever. Like 15% of people feel one way, 15% feel the opposite, and in the middle just kind of bounces around with the, with the ebb and flow of time. Like this, there's just there's no movement on this issue. It's, yeah. it's been the same, there's almost exactly the same percentage of people in America feel the same way about it. And that's because this is a, an example of this was a man, a, 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 law, a law of man and a law of God thing, not a law yeah. of nature thing. Yeah, and, and if you are a pagan and you talk to a Christian, like, you know, some some nature-worshipping idiot, like, you would just say that, like, dude, abortion, like, all animals, like, they have no problem just killing their kids or doing whatever. Like, we are just animals. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this should not be an issue. Like, if you want kids, have them. If you tire of them, just, you know, leave them to die. Like, what's the problem? Every and, hamster is pro-choice. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the Christian will say, well, that's because you don't think humans are important enough. Like, yeah, sure, yeah. hamsters can do this, but humans shouldn't because we are, have a covenant with God. Like, we are something special. Ironically, in a way, uh, the, the sort of progressive argument here is not, let's just go back to being pagans. Uh, the progressive argument is that, like, you shouldn't listen to the Christian <laughs> because the Christian actually doesn't think humans are, mm -hmm. like, the Christian thinks that, well, okay, humans are important, except for this, like, guy in the sky, this spirit that they supposedly talk to, like, you know, the pagans 2,000 years ago talked to the trees or whatever. And he says, well, you know, humans, you should have your autonomy and, like, be able to, like, go out there and claim dominions, except when I forbid it. To them, this is not like, oh, my God, like, humans are so important. Like, we should go back to not being important. This is, like, not, like, Christians are halfway there. And then they stop because, you know, they're superstitious. Right. The, 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 in their view, the problem with Christians is they don't, they haven't recognized that, you know, as an individual, you are God. 
That's well, what they I haven't. Mean, I haven't understood yet, <laughs> according to them. Yeah, we're also crazy butchers that do the uh, death penalty and all this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but again, like if you think about something like the same people in general who argue in this way um, regarding abortion, like if you someone like Lenin, like again, he doesn't think people are gods. Far more subtle in a way. It's like you know, the 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 point here is to get to like the the millennium here, like the the kingdom of heaven on earth. But again, like you 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 can't leave that in the hands of some sky spirit or whatever. Like only humans are strong enough or like you know capable of building like utopia here. Um, this is in some ways the opposite of nihilism. Because, again, it doesn't give you this sort of Gnostic license to just lie and cheat and steal and not live by a code or whatever. Like, it, it gives you a sort of almost unlimited carte blanche to, you know, purge, execute, and torture people who stand in the way of that. But, I mean, for the same reason that, like, you know, the, the, the Spanish inquisitors had a, had a similar license. They were doing holy work. You have to understand that this... Like the core of this faith is not really one where it's like um, it's not really a rebellion. Again, like this is not people saying, "Okay, I'm going to worship Satan." Like I accept that God is real, but I'm picking Satan's side. Like if anything, you see a lot of that stuff on like the dissident right more than you see on the progressive side. Yes, like, absolutely. That's a great point because they are also rebellious. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. You, have, you have the uh, the anti the, the, the Christians who who oppose Christ, and then you <laughs> and then you have the the Christians who oppose Christ, but also like <laughs> they, they're pro antichrist Christians yeah. because. By the way. There is a Christian version of uh, nihilism. There's, uh, so I, use, I have this uh, shirt. It says, um, kill them all and let God sort them out. There's that. There's also the thing that's like, well, you know, Jesus will come back eventually. So, you know, uh, the, who cares? The only sim- it's, it isn't, it, it, it's not actually nihilism, but like the, the similarity to nihilism is, is that there's no, you're, there's no accountability because she, God can't be accountable to anyone, and if you're God, then you're accountable to no one, and it's it's entirely temporal. Right. Like there is no there is no hereafter. There is only now. So I it's my life as I'm running through my, the stream of time in my life. I'm God, and when yeah. I'm when I'm gone, the universe ends. So like that's the nihilistic part. Right. That, that's, no, no, yeah. look, look. The lack <laughs> of a reward in the afterlife actually makes this less nihilistic. I, I remember, um, actually, like. Um, a guy, a friend of the podcast, messaged me about this, and like I had recommended that book, uh, House of Government, pointing to the similarities between like the sort of Bolshevik zealots and Christian zealots. And he just said, like, it must really suck to you know give up your life, die a martyr's death, and you don't even know um, like that there's an eternal life and happiness waiting for you on the other side. Like that's so petty. Like, no, it's actually less petty because, like, if you go up there to get burned at the stake, you know, five minutes of suffering and then, you know, an infinite of, like, eternal rewards, like, what the fuck are you risking? Yeah, the, uh, the, you, the you're just sitting there laughing about yeah, waiting for they, the 70, 72 versions where the, yeah, 
Like, if, if, if you are 100% secure in the fact that, like, your suffering here and now is going to be rewarded, like, by an infinite amount forever, like, you are not taking a bigger sort of risk metaphysically than someone who says, no, I don't think there's, like, any bigger point to this at all. Like, I'm going to die for my beliefs, and I don't think I will be rewarded for it, but I'm going to die for it anyway. When we were fighting the world terror, there were, uh, you know, America, we would, they, I can't remember what capacity, but they were trying to get like, you know, these like, uh, like pay a theologian to explain that like the 72 virgins thing would be like, was a, uh, was a mistranslation. Yeah. You know, I mean, people who die like a martyr's death without like knowing that the check is already in the mail are not weaker than the people who die seriously believing that like it doesn't really matter if i die because you know there's not going to be nothing on the other side there's going to yeah. be like a reward forever but you know but, but let's let's move on because i mean like you know who knows and like whatever people have martyred themselves for all kinds yeah, of yeah. uh things for hirohito you know and like from what we've from what i've read about like you know people that were put into the um uh, by the way, like, you know, people were flying kamikaze and people consider that very bizarre. You know, they were like killing themselves, but like the, the death rate of Americans flying, um, the, the dive bomb planes was basically a hundred percent for the first part of the war anyway. So, but either way, so like, let, let, so do we all agree that, uh, number one, um, they they have fanatics. Yes. That, that yeah. operate essentially. Okay. So we all agree with that. So now the, what is this? What is what? What will we see? Well, because like you know, so we've seen you know we, we listen to this these progressives analyze. We we saw, they said, well, we're gonna see uh sort of breakdown balkanization. But then you know in the in the comments before saying no, we're gonna go total war. We can't tolerate balkanization. What, what, like what, what? How is this gonna? How is this a, a, a issue gonna look in in two years and four years? I mean, they at this point like in this cosmology that. The, the zealots actually believe in and that like is a folk religion among everyone else in like progressive world like at this point if you may permit me to use this term like the 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 laws of god have been spat upon by the heathens you can't really like they can't live with this uh, like happening in texas uh, because it it sort of it sort of threatens their own cosmology in a way, but but also because this is something so important. And again, it's not about like the Roe versus Wade in itself. Like you know, if you give a hammerite, I don't know, a modern claw hammer instead of an old carpenter's hammer, he's not going to say, "Oh well, you know, my life is now over." Like the tool itself is less important than like what it represents. And what what like this represents is the shuds, the heathens, basically spitting upon like the direction the world was going in. Uh, so I mean, the U.S. was already in a situation where you had like you know, le- the legislature was just a total mess, and you know, executive power like force was becoming more and more important in terms of settling political disputes. From now on. I don't think the Democrats would have any qualms whatsoever about just like turbocharging that process. Using like their own oligarchs, you know, NGO infrastructure, whatever, to wage a sort of war 
Because, again, like some laws are more important than republicanism, small r republicanism. Caesar, and, quote, he says, the rights of men and the laws of God were disregarded. It was a state of chaos. But when you say this plays into the, the right, because the right, I think, if they, even if they don't have it right now, I guess even with the taste of Trump, the right is sort of hungry for executive power, for sole ruler, for king. And the left is very strong with this sort of like up middle class movement. They're very like dispersed. They like uh, sort of spread out. I mean, like, even though this case didn't go that well, maybe the Supreme Court didn't go that well, you know, all these circuit courts, all these bureaucracies, I mean, they're very strong at this sort of distributed uh, middle class level. The executive power would seem pretty scary to them. I I mean, what do you you think about that? To answer the question, where does this go? The entire, um, I guess, the... The justification for everything they've done in their entire theology is that, like, it create uh, it makes the GDP go up, right? Like this, we we it, it just works because life has gotten better since we've done, like, right? The the, the oh. latter half of the 20th century and the 21st century, it's just the way history, human advancement, things get better, people get richer, people are happier. Until right? until Trump, I mean, so there is kind of like a. a I don't know if it's like a hundred percent of their religion, but now they kind of have like a, a punished version of their religion that is just sort of like the Whig history ended with Trump. Well, that doesn't that doesn't work because the whole this is the guy this is if this is what I, if this is God personified, what happens to a guy king when he loses a war? Yeah, and and again, <laughs> Did, nobody worships. Well, well, you the, know what I mean? Darius the second or Darius the third right, after you, you Alexander. Well, they're they're an angry god now. You yeah, know what I mean, like ever since Trump. I mean, yeah. In order to, and this is why, like this, in a way, there's a reason. Like, there's no chance this was leaked by someone on the right. Uh, I think it's probably <laughs> some real five D chess shit. Yeah, yeah, like like fifty D chess at this point. Like, you have a sort of. Not just a scapegoat, but like the personification of of, of disaster here. Um, and time to prepare for, to riot. I mean, for yeah. huge riots. Yeah, I mean, look, everything in the cosmology was sort of falling apart. Of like this human progress towards a Star Trek society, like uh, that was having a real crisis of faith. But now, um, suddenly, you have an opponent who, by their sort of Active choices ha- can sort of be a stand-in for for like why things are going wrong, which is why <laughs> like this this sort of I think has sort of really revitalized the prospects of of in the minds of progressives. Like I don't think a lot of progressives actually think, oh well, what a disaster! Like really in the in their hearts of hearts. They think, okay, this was probably going to happen anyway. Now we can make the best of it. Making the best of it is going <laughs> to uh, mean that, you know, <laughs> declaring war on the shots. Like, I mean, for what, you're sa- what you're saying, I mean, this sounds like, you know, we could see like uh, real violence, like death and stuff. Yeah, of I course. mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think the brakes are off the train for, for a very simple reason. Like, you were already seeing people like play acting it's saying this is not our america this is their america blah 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 but like that was always kind of like you know a kitten sort of attacking another cat like you know 
hissing or whatever and then attacking. Like it's it's just play acting. But at this point, you like you don't have to play act. Like you have a sort of metaphysical divine justification for for violence here. When does school get out? Sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, so th- th- this like this like massively affects the uh, the. I mean, June. I mean, so I'm I'm doing the math as you're saying this, and you know, uh, I immediately start thinking like, so they're going to they're going to to have some kind of like big protest thing, uh, definitely in D.C. Those things they never get filled out until uh, school lets out, but that's only like uh, what three weeks away now. Yeah, yeah, months. Yeah, and and also like there's a bigger problem here, just like slavery, for example, where where you have the issue of slavery, the moral issue of slavery, and you know you have real fanatics like John Brown who are willing to sort of you know die for for the cause, but then this takes place in in sort of a. a when the U.S. is at a crossroads of what sort of economy, country, empire it's going to be. And the proponents of empire are the ones that, like, you know, they win that conflict. But, like, many of them that sort of are the um, principal belligerents against the South, they don't really give a shit about black people one way or the other. Like, the problem is not slavery as a moral issue. The problem is, like, the, the political economy of the South. Um, yeah. You know, the U.S. as being sort of, you know, states working together freely. No, like the U.S. isn't about that. It's supposed to be like, you know, this powerful country that could be like a world-spanning empire one day. The, 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 what's not going to happen is another American Civil War like we had in the 1860s. Uh, and and I, I, I guarantee you that for very, one very simple reason. After, as soon as the war when the war ended, like uh, there, it was, it was, there was a treaty. There was this concept that, well, okay, the war's over. We're going to get over some pleasantness. We're going to go, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to come back together as a nation. And that lasted like uh, a year before low intensity warfare began again. Like no one's ever going to, no one's ever going to believe that you can surrender and like go on living your life again it'll never happen because like it, it was tried it didn't work uh but that the, the war in in practice went on another 10 years well, before it ended and, and, and then it started back up again like a hundred years less than a hundred years later it's like there's it's that's never going to happen what could happen like if we're talking about violence it's not going to be like states raising armies and, and that level it's going to be like uh, if there was ever another quote-unquote civil war in america it would just be bloody part like bloody massacres and partisan warfare between people until the until whatever was left of the state broke down and order got reimposed by by somebody else right that yeah. that's the only thought that's why what the plans were like well i guess it's time for us to go to to go scorched earth and punish the chuds you could try that but since you're in charge and the in like the entire like purpose and in, in the justification for your regime is that you can keep the lights on, that you can provide safe and happy existences for pe- for for people. Like that's the only thing that you can really like the only thing that you really have to offer people. Once you can't do that anymore, then you have you have lost the mandate of heaven. And I don't know what happens after there, but it's it's not going to be good yeah, for them. But I mean, look, like th- this is a problem on both sides. I just saw um, a new tweet here. Mitch McConnell says a national abortion ban is possible as GOP candidates dodge topic. Okay, well, you know, 
here's the thing. If you try to impose a national abortion ban on, you know, half of the U.S. where that thing, like, that's not welcome at all. They'll never enforce that in California. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like, you know, again, this the problem here with having faith on both sides, si- like having an element to the struggle on both sides where it's not just like, I care about my own personal sort of well-being and nothing else. Like, as long as there's this sort of flame of zealotry here, like, people will fight quite hard to, you know, resist the, the interlopers, wh- whoever or whatever creed they may may uh, uh, profess. Man, that's like, and, that's like controlled opposition kind of move there. Yeah, and, yes. and, and so, like, now you have Marco Rubio saying that, like, we're going to go after Citibank and Amazon because they are going to have as a thing, like, a... A uh, you know like if you if you work for Amazon and you live in a state where abortion is is made illegal, uh, Amazon is gonna reimburse you to travel to California or whatever. Like if you need to, like okay, you, this you get this instead of you know actual healthcare or whatever. I wouldn't be stunned if they would do that in in the in the corporation. You guys are missing something. What if you were if it was 1922 and we lived in the Soviet Union and I said to you. In, in 10 years or 15 years, whatever, abortion is going to be illegal. You laugh, right? That's retarded, man. You, the, 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 did you see all the stuff that Lenin said and all this? Like we're doing all the, we're the friends of the prostitutes and all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. That shit, uh, can, change, that shit can change overnight. Man, yeah. friend of prostitutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, you know. But, but, but yeah, but that shit can change overnight. The abortion could be legal in California in 20 years. I can give you a roadmap of how that could happen. It's we can, we could get a comrade Stalin. It's not. It's not the. It's not even. Not even that. In in twenty years uh, after the boomers die out, people are going to look around and realize that uh, nobody in native Native Americans uh, or <laughs> I guess native born Americans haven't been having kids at a very high rate, right? Below replacement rate. People are going to look around and say, "Holy shit, what's going on?" Because right now you have all these old ass boomers. You don't even notice it, but uh, you're going to notice it in 20 years. Yeah, People but- in California might feel a different way about birth rates than they do now. You don't yeah. know. I mean, that's just. I'm just saying it's got nothing to do with Chud's taking over California. Yeah, yeah. But, but you but you always have the great Satan of capitalism that just wants women to work and yeah, all this but, kind of stuff. But look, like, okay, maybe Californians are going to realize this on their own due to population pressures or whatever. But, like, given the way that California is heading, just, like, in terms of the water <laughs> supply, like, I don't think anyone's going to sit around and say, man, there's not enough people drinking the water. Uh, we, need more, we need more, like, water consumers in the state. Otherwise, things are going to go to hell in a handbasket. Like, no, I, I don't consider that particularly likely. But that's not what Mitch McConnell is sort of playing with here. That's really stupid from him. Like, okay, well, you know, it's time for us shuds to impose reconstruction or like our vision on, you know, half the country. Like that shit, like both sides have incentives to do this because in some way both sides are fighting the fact that, you know, the American dream is dying. Like nobody can sort of guarantee the things that people grew up with, like as what they were promised. And in a way, like there's a, there's there's incentives, there's stronger incentives for the progressives, obviously, but there's incentives for both sides to lean into like this sort of um, conflict here. And, and both sides can milk can milk their their fanatics too. 
Yeah. For, for money. I mean, almost directly for money and shit. Yeah, but 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 like, there's an asymmetry here in in the sense that Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio is not like people on the right. They're not really playing for keeps in any of this stuff. Like no. you, you, they're going like, okay, uh, Mitch McConnell is gonna impose like our views on half the country. Like uh, he's open to the idea, but also. Like, you can't just put your political enemies into a fucking black site and then torture them for a year because they made you mad. Like, that's that's not cricket. Well, I mean, sorry, you should <laughs> not combine an attitude of that's not cricket. We don't do that in politics with, like, uh, we're going to force half the country who really don't agree with us to, like, agree with us. Like, it's neither hot nor cold, which is kind of the problem, like this naivete about like how things work in 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 these really sort of polarized times. That that's that. Here's the issue when it comes to to American politics. In the t- we've had we've had like three we've had three really big crises, and all three of them ended during times like where there were uh, during prosperous times, like the end of Reconstruction, which is the real end of the Civil War. It was kind of like everybody sat back and said, look, you know, industrialization has finally kicked in. we got railroads. we got we're, we're building a trade empire. There's a lot of like wealth here that we could all be sharing. Let's just put our guns down and we'll just leave each other alone for a while. We'll just become the richest country in the world. And then you could say that happened again after the 30s. And then I kind of in the 60s, like there in the 60s too, let's say. But nobody, I don't think anybody feels like eh, whenever this kicks off, that we're going to be saying, you know what, maybe great times are ahead of us. Why don't we just put this on the back burner and we'll deal with it later? It's good. If anything, it's probably going to be the opposite. We're going to, it's going to happen at like the, in a time of declining prosperity. There's not enough stuff to go around. And at that point, all these, you do, you, there's no putting these things aside. They become like, they become either, uh, as this was used phrase used before, Cass's belly to, to take what little bit is left if you don't have good prospects, if you don't have like future happiness on the line, you're a lot more willing to just fight stuff out to the bitter end. Like the, uh, like look look at, look at Yemen. Like the, (laughs) as you can see, there's almost no floor to how long people keep fighting, no matter the odds, no matter how bad things get, because the worse things get, the less you, the less people tend to care about losing everything because they got not, they have not a lot to lose except their lives. Yeah. And in which case, I mean, we've never in America, we've never really experienced this like since, since the founding of the country itself. Now I bet you could probably go back to like, I don't know, 1650 or something and talk to some people who are at Jamestown or people who, who, who experienced King Philip's war in the North, they could probably explain this to you. But but no, but it's nothing in our experience in the last like 200, 250 years. Two, two quick two quick points. Now I'm going to give uh, Tings Org the final word. So um, the banning abortion thing. So Korea and Japan have sort of flirted around with the, I mean, so, you know, you've seen what's going on with their birth rates. Uh, so they've, they've, they've gotten closer to state mandated girlfriends than they have to banning abortions. <laughs> so that, that should tell you something there. Uh, uh, the other thing, uh, you know, the, the civil war analogy that, that comes to mind almost feels like the way that this works is that, have you ever heard one, the, like the, one of these civil war um, conspiracy theories where essentially 
everything that's happening in the war, like whether it's it's going and the fact that it started and, and all this kind of stuff, it's essentially not even really made in America. It's it's like different factions in England and France and shit. You ever heard one of these? Is that for me or for Malcolm? For, for you, Merrick. Yes, I've heard this is a conflict between the British Empire and Russia and, and Prussia and stuff. like. No, that's bullshit. Well, like that, well anyway, anyway that's, that's kind of funny. But uh, so anyways, we're, we're at three hours. I have to get Tingsorg the, the final word here. Let's close. Yeah, um, I think that like over time it's going to be quite like what, what worries me about seeing like Roe versus Wade being uh, appended in this way is not like that it's wrong. I, I happen to think that like it's 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 it would be a really good thing, like just as a point of general principle, if people in the various American states could decide for themselves like what they believe in, and then you know go and vote for representatives to make that into law. Like there's nothing wrong with that at all. So in theory, something like this could just be like a, a, a sign of good things to come. But what I find fascinating today is just the <laughs> total naivete that people have about, like, and, and this is a problem of both sides. Progressives really do think that there's no way to be against abortion without just hating women. Like, if you try to explain to them, no, I actually believe that, you know, this, this, this clump of cells is a human being, and I happen to be a Christian, and I think killing human beings is bad. Like, people will not hear what you're saying. They will just, like, translate that into, well, I just hate women. But the same sort of, the same sort of, like, routine, like, uh, um, institutionalized sort of belittlement of, of, of progs has seeped into the same sort of like middle class, like federalist society people that like really care about this and, and are now celebrating a massive victory. But like you now have a situation where solving this by going back to Roe versus Wade is completely impossible, right? Like, it's, it's never going to happen. Like, no one is going to argue for having Roe versus Wade back uh, because it would just be sort of overturned again. But you can't solve this by federal law because Congress is deadlocked and, like, it's never going to pass a big law ever again, probably. Um, so you can't solve it that way. And you have a situation where, like, you have the two sides and they believe in radically different things. Like the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. And neither one really recognizes like the, the basic moral legitimacy of the other position, but both consider it like a tenet of sort of divine law. <laughs> and and when you see um people on the right basically say, well, this is not a problem at all because our opponents, they're basically like the geeks in World War II. They don't believe in anything <laughs> and they're like inbred yokels. So, like, there's no problem. There's no way these aid fucks could ever sink a British battleship. Things are gonna go from bad to worse. There's no one, it doesn't seem like anyone's at the wheel right now. Like Mitch McConnell, if he had any goddamn sense, would just say, like, no, we're not going to have a national abortion ban. 
Like we were fighting for our ability in the red states to sort of have this minimalist position of we should decide for ourselves what is best. But now, like, you know, I think people are going to keep raising the stakes until, you know, things really pop off. Malcolm, could we solve the abortion debate with 2D girlfriends? Yes, but like people aren't ready for that discussion yet. In a better world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. And I, it, I guess all those, you know, all those things, it's like uh, these aren't just random people in a, in a fiction story. Like these, these people share a polity. And so, yeah, it's going to be wow. <laughs> all right. Do we, do we, what do we, what do we have to show? Um, not much. I'll probably try to write something on this topic for Compact now. Um, other than that, yeah, I guess me and Marcus are going to make some like podcast episodes where we talk about sort of, you know, populist party building, stuff like that. So it's going to be in English or Swedish? Yeah, in English. Oh, so. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, we some um, energy drink, uh, Pastmust. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You should ask Monster Energy to make a, a, you know, a Swedish version. Yeah, and now, uh, now this is, uh, I mean, how awesome is it? We're here 2022. Um, you know, even if the world falls apart, we have, now there's a magazine you can open. Uh, that's not very fair. There's a magazine you can open that's, <coughs> that would have, you know, Tink Zorg and then uh, Curtis Yarvin in there. Same magazine. How badass is that? We're taking over. <laughs> Yeah, 2022 is the year of the good old boys, I guess. <laughs> Hell yeah. Making their way the only way they know how. Let's just